0: Hello my sweet babies and welcome to Tom Talks. I'm your host Heath, voice of the toughest goddamn vest anyone's ever seen, aka Titanium Mike. And today's episode won't be your run of the mill Tom Talks, oh no. Today's episode is our post book wrap up with the full cast of book one of Signal Screams, The Diaspora Strain. It wouldn't be a post-book Tom Talks without my lovely brothers and sister-in-arms. So first, a hearty welcome to the co-host of Tom Talks and the game master of our playthrough of Signal of Screams, a man who inexplicably drinks whiskey out of bowls, a notorious tickler of the ivories, and one of the best folks you could hope to meet, Adam Kelly. What's up, Heath? How you doing? I'm good. How are you? Very good. Very good. Good to see you, as always. Indeed. All right, I'm also joined by a man with a truly impressive array of unimpressive jokes, who I have to commend for being more dad than Adam and actual father. He's the voice of Felino Morano, Mr. Josh Richards. Hey, Heath, buddy, how you doing, man? I'm good, man. Good to see your beautiful face. Likewise. And next up, I'm joined by a guy that I've been besties with for over half my life now, who constantly saves our asses with his clutch healing spells The voice of Arn Vance, the APA's resident space cowboy Jedi mystic, is Zach Evans. Hey, hey. What's up? What's up, dude? You know, chilling.
1: Yeah, man.
0: (laughs) (laughs) High quality banter. Right. That's it, man. (laughs) Uh, Next up, we have the very definition of elegance, class, taste, fashion, sensuality, with the voice of an angel and hair that would make one jealous. John Thomas, how are you? (laughs) I fucking knew it. Yeah. I was like, check, check,
2: check. Yeah, that's me. Okay. What's up, man? How you doing? What's
0: up? I just had to do it to her. (laughs) Uh, And now the moment you've all been waiting for. Unlike her, I'm going to keep this one one a short introduction because we all know I'm talking about the voice of Madam Ziva. That's Emily Whips and Chains Summerlin. (laughs) Hey, baby, how you is? I'm good. I'm good. Okay, Glad yeah. to see you all on Tom Talks. It's been a while. It's been a you know a I mean, whole book. Yeah, a whole book. Oh, oh man. man, and a book that I think was longer than intended.
2: I mean, was it? Um, I'm cool with that.
0: Well, it's
3: I mean, about where it. it I, you know, you' funny you say that on our little episode tracker. I actually had from seventy one to ninety five slated for book one. No lie. Like, what? Really? Yeah. It. yeah. Damn, dude. Clean
4: 48 yeah, out of I, 50. No, 50 out of I, 50. That's what that I is. I wanted it
3: to go to 100, but-
0: 55
4: out of
3: 55. I didn't think, <laughs> I. you know, it was, <laughs> yeah, it was I, a stretch. I think that would be the
0: far. rare 55 out of 55.
3: <laughs> <laughs>
0: all right. So, I mean, we've got a lot of ground to cover, and we won't get to all of it. So, uh, before we even get into this thing, I encourage all of you to speak up. Correct me if I miss a detail or overlook something, because this is a whole book and I'm going to miss some stuff, right?
3: Can Can I just uh, point out that the writer of this book is Chris S. Sims? Yeah, uh, man. Per, yeah. Already. Pretty well-known pretty well known name in the TTRPG field. Uh, it's cool to get to to play something written
2: by him. So thank you, Chris Welcome Sims. For yeah, Chris. Yeah. Wonderful yeah. Work. yeah, Chris, you killed it. You're we got people. anything going on? I mean, like, do we have him, like, slated? You, work, you working anymore? on getting him for STFU? Are you working on it? Uh, we'll see ya. We'll <laughs> see you. <ya. laughs> uh,
0: w- well, I'd like to start off by saying, Congratulations, guys. We finished book one, A Signal of Screams. And we've now we finished it. four books of our Apollo Protection Agency story. Yeah, Indeed. that's a lot. Yeah, Ooh, we've been doing the damn thing. Mm. We've we been have, doing the damn <laughs> thing. We have, in fact,
1: done the damn thing. Yeah, You might
2: say that we're we've kind of have done some a damn things. You haven't done all the damn things. That's right, no, okay. true.
5: Right. We've
1: well, if you we keep
2: adding on to that list, we'll yeah. never get do, done with the damn things. <laughs> exactly. We've, d- we've, <laughs> done, we've done four of nine of the
1: damn things. Mm. Well, That's it's
0: true. it's about the journey, not the damn thing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Life before death. Maybe the real Journey damn thing was the friends made along yeah. the
4: way.
3: Yeah. <laughs> right. That's it. That's the real <laughs> damn thing. <straightforwardness. laughs> yeah. The signal of screams was in your heart the whole time. The whole time. Ziva. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <It's> mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, first off, like how how are we feeling, guys? Like uh how are we feeling about Signal of Screams now that we've finished the first book? Where where's your headspace at?
2: There is like a moment of catharsis that now it's it's final it, i don't want to say it's finally over because there's two other goddamn books but it's not over it's you not, know it's, it's, it's one guy. of those that's just like oh my god i can breathe a little bit you know and so that's where my head is at yeah. that's, I mean, that's yeah. to be
6: fair though Kuiper was just kind of thrown into this you know yeah. got not much we were uh, all room thrown thrown for, it, but yeah well I'm, I'm talking about it being introduced as a character You know, he was he was just thrust into this situation and you did a hell of a job RPing him. Like absolutely love the character. Yes. But like you've you haven't had much room to
3: expound on him.
2: Well, I had to make him interesting immediately is what it was. Yeah, you know. Well,
3: and on a meta level too, you know, what you're saying, John, about like being able to breathe, this whole book is contained in one location yeah you know like yeah there's like a lot to that location but like it you're it is trapped. finite yeah you're trapped in this space that continues to close in on you mm-hmm. you know and to finally get out of that it's got to be a little bit of like okay at least like i'm i'm free in the comforts yeah. of the vast of space <laughs> and nothingness right? yeah. Yes. yeah yeah <laughs> i'm out of that elevator of death so yeah to speak. right, right. You know? yeah yeah
0: it's like finally the bottle season is over. Yeah.
3: <laughs> <laughs> we did the ultimate beach episode. In the whole
2: book. The oh, worst I got beach. you, listeners. It
1: is a shitty beach.
4: <laughs> That's like That's started brain... as a
2: nice beach. I mean, I mean yeah. It did. And then there were brain-eating nice
4: amoebas. No, I know. Uh, I I'm pretty excited about the books to come. I mean, I, don't get me oh, wrong. Yeah. I thoroughly enjoyed this one, but I'm very interested to see. Where this goes, um, for Ziva in particular, I'm very uh, excited about that.
1: Ziva's up to some shit. Don't even worry about it. Yeah, I'm worried
4: Uh, about it. Don't even worry about it.
2: Yeah, seriously, too late. I'm already worried. It's like you're the player that's planning to be the lich the whole time. (laughs) 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 And with Adam as a GM, it could happen. We'll kill you.
4: (laughs) We'll do
0: it.
6: If, If Adam can't kill us. He'll just have Emily do it for him.
4: Yeah,
1: mm-hmm.
3: Damn well, you it. all they figured survived it
0: out. the attempt. <laughs> 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 I
3: mean, that's well, I mean, to that, I, you know, we've we've joked a lot about um, you know me not being able to to get Mike, and Mike specifically has has taunted you know, fate and all that. (laughs) But there was, there was a couple of times in this book, I think more so than some of the other books where it it did feel a little closer than I think you were comfortable with. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like it got most of the fights you handled business and you, you were fine, but I think you building out to be so much of a frontline character and taking other people's hits that that catches up with you sometimes when you go up against an enemy that's really laying it on, Yeah, you know? Yeah,
0: I mean, I'm just too effective at my job of being the tank,
2: you know? <laughs> <laughs> you got him into his HP. Yeah.
0: No, he got me down to one.
2: He got I've, me down okay. to one. No, I've yeah. had to heal,
0: I've had to oh, heal shit, him a few what,
4: times. Yeah, when we're looking at Ziva having to use her uh, heal spell, like, mm-hmm. shit's getting dire, you know? <laughs>
3: yeah.
6: Well, speaking of dire, I mean, Emily, your your RP went extremely low towards the end.
4: Oh, yeah. If like if Not your role-playing. Oh, role resolve playing, so Not your role-playing. Role yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, that's no, right. your resolve points. No, I, I, like, I, like, I was confused. Like, what are yeah, you saying? That's yeah. so
2: really? rude. like, <laughs> <laughs> no shit. No, she's
0: I, been killing me. Yeah, I got a, a little yeah. hurt <laughs> for a second,
4: and then I realized you meant resolve yeah. points.
0: Your role-play just fell off a cliff. What's going on? I just got real And then we got to the end of the book, and you just went. Really bringing the show
3: down, Emily. You got to Actually, this Tom Talks is an intervention. <laughs> vampire, really. Yeah, yeah. I didn't want to tell you. Yeah,
0: we're not even you. recording
3: this. You yeah. <laughs> all.
0: I am, but, you know, for posterity. For pos- yeah. Mm-hmm. I, ga- I got to prove it to the courts. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> wow. So, uh, I mean, I'm glad it, it seems like everybody's excited um, and maybe a little relieved after finishing book one. Uh, I know that's the case for me. You know, th- this was a wild book. It really was. Um and I find it really interesting that it started like in, in such a pleasant way. Uh, for for many episodes, you know, for several episodes it was, you know, doing fun social stuff at the uh at New Elysium, at a resort and and doing a lot of fun RP and then that flips and it's inverse is the the mystery and the scary and all of that. So it's it's actually cool that like though it's a horror campaign, it starts on a really pleasant note, you know.
6: Mm hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, I think that kind of helps build into the horror is like, yeah. man, this place is nice.
5: Mm-hmm.
6: Like, what, mm-hmm. do, what do we have to worry about? And, you know, as a player, of course, we know, or we all knew that things were going to go, you know, go south, but I, I loved it overall. Uh,
4: yeah. And I will say this, and this is kind of um, a, a little tangential, but one of the things that I really, really enjoyed about the early on aspect of this book was. The build out of the resort, like the app, the information that went along with it, like well, a, the fact that Adam made like a fucking PowerPoint uh, yeah. type thing that we could track, like that we could essentially had our own app, you know? Um, so I love that aspect of it. It really kind of built in that additional immersion, mm-hmm. um, that I, I, I literally felt like we had access to that. Uh, app and I don't know, I just really enjoyed that, and then I thought it f- built out that kind of realistic you are at a resort kind of feel, which, like y'all are saying, sets you up for it builds that suspense early on, so I really appreciated that about the book,
6: yeah, and that app wasn't just uh I mean it was a PowerPoint style thing, but he Adam actually took the time to link. Different sections in, like, the table of contents to where you could click on it and navigate it like you would just about any other application. Yeah. So, it wasn't just scrolling through pages trying to find whatever thing. It was, you know, Mm -hmm. here are the different attractions and links to stuff like their menus at the restaurants. And, you know, like, he did a lot of work on it. And it really, really helped with uh, the immersion and the role play for us.
4: Yeah.
3: So, take an inspiration, Adam. Thank you. I'm I'm glad y'all enjoyed it. I mean, you know, I... I know I've talked to y'all a bunch about it, and I think I've mentioned it a couple times on air that coming into this book was was very nerve wracking for me because you know, I'm looking at it now. In pages two through seven or nine through seventeen are is the description of New Elysium and all the features and all the rooms and the map and everything without there's no encounters in any of that. It's all just like, here's the cast of people that are here. Here's the layout, the floor plan. Here's what's in, you know, here's where you can eat. Here's the attractions. Here's the, uh, how the app works. There's like two pages of explaining the app, you know, and like to, to try to make that feel fluid without reading just pages of very dry text, you know, was, was a challenge adding on all the NPCs and everything. Um, it was, it was an interesting start to a campaign and an interesting challenge. And, and honestly making the app helped me kind of wrap my head around it in, in a way to where I could organize it for myself. Like doing that made me think about it so much and and place things that like, I was able to kind of
2: have it in my head, you know, question about that real quick. Mm -hmm. The, the, the descriptions for each of those locations were those actually in the book, or I mean, so did you make some uh, make some up? You know,
3: so like, f- yeah, I mean, there's like a couple, a couple sentences for each place, right? So, I don't know. Let's take, yeah, uh, we'll, we'll do a zero sky just because that had like a particular aesthetic to it. Cool. So, I mean that. The description for that is some guests want to relax with a view of the stars and azure sky fulfills that desire 24 hours a day with drink service until 2 a.m. The bar has ample seating encircled by a viewing area. All walls are transparent and set to display the stars and the nearby asteroids of the diaspora. So it gives me enough to give like a kind of basic understanding of what the purpose of the location is and what the kind of general aesthetic is, you know, and then you, you do have the, the really well done map. Like the map on this is great. You know, the, 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 you can really kind of get a feel for the room, but it's a top down map too. So you, you can only get so much, but a lot of it is just kind of vibing off of what's going on in the session while having a good idea of the purpose of each room, you know, and, Kind of thinking of what, what would be appealing to, to us as a group too, you know, and I know that for Orin, Azura Sky was going to be somewhere he wanted to go. And so made it kind of like a dark and soft and like, not like overly socialized place, you know, like the, the, the way it was set up encouraged quiet reflection at the tables, you know. And that's why I put Rami there, you know, to kind of give like, I knew that y'all wouldn't interact with her there when I introduced her, but to have her there characterizes her. Okay. She's another person who's thoughtful and quiet and we don't even have to have a conversation, but we can get a little piece of like personality for one of the hundreds of people that are there, you know? (laughs) Yeah. Well, uh,
0: first I'm going to say, It took us just over ten minutes to uh, mess up my plan to go through this thing chronologically. So you guys are killing it as usual. (laughs) You're welcome. But uh, to that point, Adam, I do think it's really cool. Like, there's so much detail involved in the setting and the different locations and everything in New Elysium. And what you were saying, I think, is spot on. You can use those the personalities of those locations to impart personality on NPCs like Barrel Door and the Wild Apples. You know, right, right. Exactly. I think that's yeah. a really interesting and cool feature of it that that goes beyond just like here's here's a sandbox or here's something to play around with. Right.
3: It's a it's a it's an interesting start, but it it it's great because it really is that that trope of horror movies where like you start somewhere and everything is fine and you get all these like looks of all the things that are eventually going to be not fine. You know what I mean? But all horror movies, a lot of horror movies, start with kind of this idyllic, we're out at camp and look, we're young and horny and we're going to go out in the woods and we're going to screw and drink and do drugs. And meanwhile, they give you these little shots every now and then with some weird music and it's like perspective shots of whoever the slasher is, right? You don't even see the, the monster or the slasher. You just get this idea that somebody's watching them from the bushes or from the trees. And that was kind of the vibe that I was trying to go with of like on the surface. And when you're looking, everything is cool, but there's these little things that are a little weird, you know what I mean? Just here and there, you know, starting with Keon Reese and his outburst, you know, and then moving from there as you go through just little tiny continually escalating weird things, you know, Mm -hmm. know,
6: on, on the, the note of K Reese, I honestly, Adam, I'm, I'm pretty sure in the moment I was like, yeah, I'm cool. It's whatever. It's fine. Like this cool story stuff. It really genuinely kind of upsets me as a person, as a player (laughs) that like one of my characters, like closest people from his past or somebody that he really felt, or I don't know, thought a lot of is now this corrupted something, and still don't know what. Right. But is is either having a strings pulled or I don't I, I don't know. But like that that really and good job with that. But like that really bugs
1: me. <laughs> <laughs> like it's supposed to, you know. Right.
6: So, right. You Just know. part of
1: our grim dark aesthetic.
4: Yeah, that's it. <laughs> <laughs> Just
1: part of the grim dark here yeah. on STF. Yeah, yeah. 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 We're, we're,
3: we we take things quite seriously here with our. Uh, Pickle farts and <laughs> bright bright. I mean, like it's real. It shit gets real. So trigger warning. You know, bright bright, real dark,
0: real dark. <laughs> that's a that's a good like alien name you could make is like grim dark pickle fart. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> that is a good one. Uh, call That's a good one. Dibs. Right, yeah. yeah, you can have that one.
3: We're all gonna play spider pirates. In a like one-off
0: adventure, <laughs> that would be oh, hilarious. Sure. Nothing be will get done. It, Nothing. will get done. done. <laughs> it'd like it'd be like Skinner shot, but way more long-winded. <laughs> it's terrible. It's oh
2: terrible.
1: My Let's god. open the store so we can go into this dungeon so we can find the loot because we're in we're in the dungeon to get the loot because the loot is what we want and, the, and what we <laughs> want is the loot because the loot is good because it gives us better stats and we can get better stats so we can go do more dungeons and get more loot.
0: Oh my god! Right. Did yeah. I did I yeah. tell you guys that I had uh, so bright good. bright as my uh, Corner man in one of the fight rocks. <laughs> oh, that's amazing! and <laughs>
6: nice. Nice. No, you thought doors
3: were bad with us. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah. A whole episode of of Grimshaw pirates trying to get through a door. <laughs> oh boy. It's our peak. It's Being our
6: given peak an option sure. of
3: two doors to go through. <laughs> <laughs> oh Lord!
0: All right, so let's try to find some rails to get on. All right, all right, all right. <laughs> so let's take a step back uh, and and go to the very beginning with the flashback that kicked this whole AP off. Uh, uh, I re-listened to the first several episodes over the last couple of days, and I've got to say that opening scene did such a good job of setting the tone for Signal of Screams and I love that it echoed the very first scene of Against the Aeon Throne. Both of them have started with this like backstory non party scene mm-hmm. that I think is, is really cool as a theme to do, you know, every every season, pretty much. Right. Right. Um so Adam, I was gonna ask, was that based on something in the book that you adapted or was that all you? Uh
3: yeah, there's there's nothing in the book that other than, you know, what what you found in the mine right that there is evidence of of a mine there was a mine there at one point and then there was some scientific equipment brought there some horrible disaster happened and there's this emanation you know this break between planes that's really powerful down in the bottom of that mine and i just wanted to tease that out a little bit and i knew that The first few episodes were not going to be horror. Not a lot of horror elements were going to be a part of it, you know, and we'd been really like talking up that we're going into a horror campaign and everything. And I don't know, you know, so with some inspiration from stuff like Game of Thrones, where it opens the prologue of that is Kind of some unrelated characters getting a peek at the big bad. I I did that with, as you said, in the first one to kind of paint the picture of the Aslanti before you got to him, just so that there would be this kind of sense of of what the threat is going to be, you know, and and just came up with it. I mean, it was there's definitely nothing in the book that suggests or hints at doing a prologue or has anything for that, really.
0: Nice. Well, good job. I do, I do like that concept. Like you said, the like the intro to Game of Thrones, that idea of starting with a glimpse at the greater threat and then starting to tell your story and doing your world building. You right, know, right. to come come from that sense of threat and a little bit of dread into the more delightful aspects of getting to know your characters and everything.
3: Yeah, I mean, it just kind of adds this undercurrent of tension, right? Because like you guys are all doing this and you know that somewhere somehow, and I think pretty quickly figured out that where you're at, there's some evil force that is like tearing people apart mentally and physically, you know? And, um, it just, it just, I love it because it, it takes all those happy moments, but everybody's just waiting for the the other shoe to drop, Uh you know?
0: Right. Well, my fellow players coming into this, Signal of Screams AP horror is not our our you know what we've traditionally done some of us might be nervous coming into the the horror thing not knowing what to expect how did you feel after that that very first scene like what what did that do for you
1: well yeah so it made me think immediately that oh we're going to have to go into a mine you know <laughs> We're gonna have this is gonna be a dungeon that we're gonna have to explore. Um, so I was sitting here I mean, for the first f- it's five or six episodes of, of Signal Screams. So I was just like, when we go in, when we go into the mine though. When we go into the mine, uh because <laughs> it's like to me that was like the setup for here's here's what's fixing to happen, you know?
4: Well, from a non meta perspective. No, just kidding. Yeah. No, um, I mean no. I'm sorry. The No, this is very meta because Emily hearing that Ziva had no clue about it, uh, Emily got hella excited because I, I, I'm 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 very much enjoy uh, horror aspect of this, so uh, I, I got I got pretty jazzed, and like y'all were saying, that little sneak peek was just enough for me to just get really gung ho, and it just kind of got my brain juices going for all of the it (laughs) those are real words it almost created more like it makes you think the worst possible things like some of the things that i came up with my mind were worse than what we actually experienced at the um resort so i think that's part of it and i
0: really enjoyed it so
4: little 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 mind fuck
0: yeah i mean i think for me it Going into a horror campaign can uh, potentially mean a lot of different things, right? So, uh, functionally, it it gave us at least some idea of, like, what kind of horror this was going to be. Because, I mean, you could go all over the place. Like, it could be a straight slasher-type horror, uh, like we were talking about earlier, with the the kids in the woods at the camp or whatever. Or it could be a very psychological, you know, and the whole... Uh, Zonkuthan type horror. Body it it horror. gave us, yeah, it gave yeah. us like a, a mm-hmm. peek into like this is the style of horror that we're eventually gonna get to. Yeah.
2: Mm-hmm. It had a very nice mix,
0: you know, just enough of a taste to whet the appetite. <laughs> yeah, you eat your appetizers to get hungrier for your meal, you know. That's yeah. how it works. That's the, the Cartman mentality. <laughs> That's you food eat them man. Shrimp. Ugh, them shrimp. <laughs> <laughs> it was never the shrimp. So, uh, I mean, I, again, Adam, I thought the, the opening scene was really awesome. I love that you you keep doing those. I can't wait for whatever the opening scene for the Devastation arc is. Dude. Uh, which I can't wait for the Devastation arc, period. But we're not here for that. So opening scene aside, we uh, once again opened a new AP with a Starship Combat. And I Ooh. think this one went a little bit better than our very first Starship <laughs> Combat. We're a bit <laughs> more practiced now. But this one also had a—it was a whole situation in itself other than just Starship combat with the, like, Gardenzio and the Buzzblades and the new Elysium security. And we were introduced to John's new character, uh, Kuiper Vargas, uh, which we'll get to him later. Um, But how how did you guys feel about starting with a Starship combat again and compared to the first AP that we started with a Starship combat?
6: A lot more confident. Yes. (laughs) Yes, <laughs> substantially <laughs> more confident. Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, you know, both um, as a as a party and mechanically with the way that the starship combat rules work, you know, we we all knew our roles better and knew how to function as a crew. And
3: if I remember correctly, we we fucking killed it. Oh, you stomped them, dude! You you stomped that starship combat like you didn't take a single point of hull damage.
0: Well, oh. we had we had nukes and stuff. By I that mean, point, we did. You know? We
4: went straight APA on them, so you know, <laughs> <laughs> ain't nothing to fuck with. Ain't nothing
3: to fuck with. Well, and you had a second ship. Yep. That that was the first time that it's there were two ships on this, on, like Allied, you know, to on y'all on the player's side, right? True that. <laughs> so that was like an extra gunnery round with some powerful ordnance. Yeah, boot, and
2: know. had they had to split their. Uh, their attacks between the two of us mm-hmm. if they mm-hmm.
4: living, yeah i think that this one was probably better because we've had a chance to get some you know updated starship combat rules and you know different errata type mm. things that have come out so uh i i really you know in comparison our general skill level and comfort yeah of course but also i think the play like the, the game itself has become more refined. So I think, yeah, that was one of the reasons why it made it Yeah, better. well,
0: and and of course, like, not only have we gotten better at doing it and our ship has leveled up and everything, but I think I I know a lot of people struggle with starship combat, right? And, like, a lot of people just <laughs> flat out – well, I mean, <laughs> you you struggle with it sometimes for sure, but a lot of people flat out don't like it, you know? They're like, I just would rather this was not a part of the game. Uh, which I think with the new supplemental material and stuff that's come out, like I'm really hoping a lot more people will give it a fair shake because there's it's a lot cooler to your point. There's a lot more that you can do with the errata and stuff. But I think this Starship Combat to me, I, I liked it a lot and, and I liked it more than the first one, not only because we were more confident, but because it was a more complex situation and there were there were completely different stakes. It wasn't just like somebody's trying to shoot us out of the sky. Like we're trying to protect someone, you know, from yeah. someone that is involved with, you know, our our story, our back, or Mike's backstory, uh, or so we thought. Yeah, right. I feel like I'm going to have to say, or so we thought, so, <laughs> so many times in this <laughs> well, but, <laughs> Tom talks.
3: But I mean, he was there in a way, Gardenzio. I mean, it wasn't not Gardenzio; it was just the spirit of Gardenzio, you know.
0: I mean, I still don't understand how that how works. That well, whole we'll get to worked, that. I'm sure. Right? I'm sure he, he was a Jedi. So. He was we'll a Jedi. To, we'll get to that whenever. I mean, we get Gardenzio to that part. would have been a Sith, if anything. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> to the point that I was making, I just think it was a lot more complex of a situation, and that's a lot more satisfying narratively. And when you've got good narrative stakes on top of doing the Starship combat thing, it doesn't feel like you're just. Uh, going through the motions of of doing a mechanical fight Mm -hmm. right right there was a lot more to unpack outside of just pew pew you know flip and burn
3: (laughs) I, i agree i had more fun with it as as a gm that's for sure and definitely thought it was a cool way to introduce a new character and even get some story going right there off the bat you know well, and, and it the buzz it really yeah, cartoons, it, yeah it caught
0: me off guard because for one I didn't expect to start with a starship combat I just after we did it in the first AP I was like surely they won't start us with a starship combat again because <laughs> you know <laughs> I fucking know <laughs> but the fact that it involved the buzzblades which had been you know Adam had helped me work on incorporating into Mike's backstory I think I knew there would be some buzzblade element somewhere in the the first book. But right out the gate, we get Gardenzio and we get the Buzzblades. We get all this stuff that's very personal to Mike. And I was completely unprepared for it because I was like, Oh, we just cruising. We're going to go have, you know, get our mani Petties and stuff for a few weeks. <laughs> and, and it, 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 I was really kind of glad that it started with a Starship combat. I know a lot of people wouldn't necessarily feel that way, but I, I thought it was really cool. And it let us get into a combat when we were going to have a bunch of RP for a good little stretch after that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Which uh, does lead me to the point. I wanted to ask you, Adam, since we know that Gardenzio wasn't Gardenzio uh, of old in the traditional sense, it was more a spirit of Gardenzio thing that spoke to us. Can you now tell us what would have happened if we chose to meet up with Gardenzio? He like gave us coordinates to meet up with him and we didn't choose to do that.
3: Uh, So my, my, plan was if there was for some reason that you ended up going after him right then like cuz i knew that if you chose to escort the buzzblades back that i could just bring the ship back with the security you know do the whole pull the trigger on the newly yeah. sim security going and catching like them, round and them and bring up, back. Yeah. right but if you had like taken followed followed them then right I was going to basically have the ship explode like on on you. Mm-hmm. You know, like mm-hmm. basically self-destruct.
0: Oh, okay.
3: On you. Um so it it was never there was never an intended meeting out there. You know, um I, what I will say is that the reason that Gardenzio maybe sent you that way was to keep you from coming like it's really kind of weird. Take your time. Unpack it. (laughs) But the way I was playing Gardenia's ghost is that he was fighting back and forth between wanting to protect you from the corruption and wanting to bring you into it. You know? And so, like, the closer you got to it, the harder it was for him to protect you against it. You know? And so, like, when you first came there, he was using, he had possessed Philip to give out the communication, you know, because it was just a vocal communication. And that was basically Philip possessed his garden, Gardenzio.
0: Was Philip in the ship? Cause they, he was in a ship,
3: right? Right. He, it was a, it was a projection through, like, routed through the ship, you know, like, if,
0: vpn man come on yeah
4: I mean just right,
3: right. like
0: the signal was yeah, but i'm saying was who a... was flying the ship or was it just, just a regular security control?
3: guard like he overrode like the regular security guard would had no idea that that even happened you know what i mean like phil did that from the resort
0: okay that's that's awesome that's wild i mean because with the whole gardenzio thing like I will say it's really interesting to me that you ha- say you had this, like, back and forth of, like, the spirit of Gardenzio did, to some degree, want to protect me, but he was fighting his own corrupted nature who was trying to suck me into this, like, Kuthite corruption thing. Because I never once believed Gardenzio was actually looking out for me. Like, yeah. never, through the entire thing. Like, I'm just now, <laughs> you know, like, oh, he, he actually, a part of him did care. But it was like a small part, right? It was the part that kept him a ghost,
3: I guess is what I'm saying. Right. It's like that one, that was like his one regret of his life, you know, was the unfinished business with Mike. And that's why he haunted New Elysium the way he did. Nice. Like he wasn't a good dude, and he made all the decisions that he made. Yeah, he made all the decisions that he made, and it wasn't until he died that he even acknowledged the regret that he had when he was shown his true pain, presumably by the corruption. Right. Um, But but he died from it. He he's not a corrupted person walking around. Right. He's a a spirit of someone who
0: yeah was like consumed. That's wild, man. There's there's a lot of complexity to that that uh, I find really interesting. Obviously, I would because it involves me, but uh, I th- <laughs> think it's really cool just objectively. Um, so after saving the Buzzblades and uh, fighting with Spirit Gardenzio, uh, we all arrive at New-, New Elysium. And we already talked a-, a good bit about this, but we have a good long stretch of pretty chill, pleasant RP episodes and this is what I was going to ask you guys. Uh, my question was, what did you guys think of the resort pre shit hitting the fan, which we already talked a little bit about. But it, it, is there anything else, any other points you wanted to make about the, the early New Elysium settling in process?
1: You know, obviously, uh, I struggled a lot with, with New Elysium with the you know 10 plus episodes of like not really anything happening. Um, I, I, a lot of had to do with... Well, no. I take that back. <clears throat> Oren as a character was not really about it. And then Zach's a player is also not really about it. So,
0: <laughs> Yeah, it was, it was just a double like, whammy of you not giving it to Yeah. yeah. <laughs> because I do Best think it's accurate. unfair to say that nothing was happening. You know? Like, that things were happening. Uh, even if they were, like, little... Uh, signs of corruption and stuff. But, yeah, we weren't, like, getting into combats and the the crux of what this this mystery situation was. Yeah, I mean,
1: we weren't weren't doing, like, major investigation. We weren't revealing, uncovering a mystery, as it were. We weren't dungeon crawling.
4: But I think that's the thing that I liked about it.
3: Yeah, I disagree wholeheartedly with that, (laughs) that you weren't investigating anything. There was, like, several things that y'all were actively investigating from the jump. Kuiper, the app. Talk was kind of later, but yeah. Kayon Reese. Kayon Reese. Yeah, like those were things that you were looking into while, yes, having kind of some downtime and experiencing the resort. But there were definitely three threads of like propelling mystery that was pulling you into what actually was going on. And I think, I mean, there was a whole episode of Kuiper revealing who he was. You know? And
1: th- and to me, that's like when when it really started getting good, you know.
0: Yeah. Well, we're going to get to that, believe me. <laughs> um, so, I mean, again, I just want to say I-, I think it's really impressive, like, how much Paizo managed to include in this book and AP, just as aspects of the setting and New Elysium and all of the detail that went into that, as well as being really impressed with how much, Adam, you made that your own and, and what you added and you making the... Uh, you know, the, like, PowerPoint, which was, like, our actual version of the app. That I, I think that can't be understated. Like, the fact that we had some semblance of actually having the app as players, not just characters. Yeah. I thought that was really neat. Because, uh, like, I used it. You know? Like, yeah. I looked up mm-hmm. stuff to, like, figure out, like, before stuff started popping off. Like, okay, well, what does Mike want to do today? And it's like, all right, well, let's scroll through and see what I find interesting that he would find interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there
6: were times that, uh, you know, start of a day, I'd pull up the app and look at it and similar to how I would do if I were on vacation, look through the list of offerings and plan out something of an itinerary and what I wanted to do, where I wanted to go, what I wanted, like who I wanted to go with.
4: Oh, absolutely. Ziva had a very full ticket that you guys just didn't even know about. Like I was planning shit like having little day trips in my head, you know, it's great. I loved it.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well well and speaking to the keys of Elysium or new is it keys of Elysium or Keys of New Elysium?
3: Keys of Elysium is the name of the app. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Well speaking to the app, like I, I again I thought it was such a, an interesting feature, but because it makes a lot of sense in a futuristic sci-fi game that there would be like social media type stuff like that. Um, but because it, it also introduced this whole theme that be- that becomes more and more apparent as time goes on of, like, the convenience of social media and Internet services, but then also their potentially insidious uses, the latter of which is a theme that was really refreshing and unexpected as a twist uh, on the horror elements of Signal Screams. I didn't expect, like, social media to be a big part of the, the horror and dread yeah. coming into this. Yeah. Yeah. That was.
3: Well, it's interesting that that's like the delivery device of the whole right. right. You know? Mm-hmm.
0: Right. Like social media spreading a disease mm-hmm. is right. like, who? Huh, juicy. Yeah. So. Uh, Shocker. Shocker. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Right, right. Well, that's what I'm it's like. saying. It's juicy, <laughs> both in terms of the game and like the social commentary that'll definitely come out of that. You know? yeah. yeah, right, right. So, moving on, one thing I'm sure was a a challenge for Adam, as he's said many times, was the sheer number of NPCs that were in Book 1. I'm sure that was tough, man. Uh, But we we met a lot of different people after arriving at New Elysium. So, just really quickly, I wanted to ask, like, you get one pick. Who is your favorite NPC?
3: Like, to play?
0: Well, yours can be to play or whatever, but I I was asking everybody, like, who is your favorite Uh. NPC? You answer however you want.
3: Phil was my
6: favorite one to play, and Phil was my favorite one to interact with.
0: Yeah, mine too. I mean,
1: I know Oren gave him a hard time, but Phil was generally, you know, I think the best, most fleshed out NPC that we had. In book we part. had
3: the most interactions with him. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. You know, yeah.
2: I like talk. Talk talk was fun. Yeah, talk I like was talk. fun
3: to play too. Like I liked the vo- I liked doing the voice for talk. Yeah. I wanted
2: to actually expand the the conversation between. Um, but you know, yeah, last,
3: it's tough because like, there's so much going on. You know, well, it's 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 how long how long do you drag it out? Exactly. To, you, know, to, you know, to Zach's point, like, you know, we give him a hard time, and I, I do think that it worked out fine, and that he was over eager. But there is there is a sense of like, okay, but we do want to play the game. Yeah, you know what I mean. And like, we're not. It doesn't feel like we're playing the game because we're just kind of bullshitting around with everybody you know yeah. what i mean and yeah. like we're going to fake restaurants and talking about what we eat and we're going mm. to fake fake bars and having fake drinks and it's like that's all fun but like what's going on yeah. you know and for somebody who wants to get in it i i will say that that is i won't put it as a knock against this campaign but certainly a, a warning that should be talked about ahead of time and, and which we did and i said you know y'all the first First chunk of this is all RP, you know. Yeah. Um, and so that that is something that I think you one would want to be aware of when starting this campaign. I mean, obviously, we dug into it because we're doing a show. But even if you're not doing a show, just to get through part one of the adventure.
4: Depending on your group, I mean, you could spend months just on that, you know. Even you doing you that. And, most um, of those
3: I- events are role-playing events. You know, like yeah. the the event event two, questioning the pirates. Event three, opening yeah. party, you know, that's the gala.
4: I I'm gonna go with everybody else. Philip was my favorite, but I'm gonna flip it a little bit. Uh the one that I'm I wish that I had more opportunity to connect with was Vorlin. Hmm. Like good. I feel yeah. like we missed out on her.
2: Yeah, me too.
0: Well, and so go, you know, TTRPGs, man. You're, you're always going to look back at, like, what you what you missed and could have gotten. Um, oh, absolutely. You're right. But, yeah, I mean, that was potentially uh, – there could have been a lot more involvement with Vorilin. I'm personally going to have to go with my boy Baraldor, but every one of the uh, – Buzzblades could have, uh, you know, could easily be in that conversation, particularly Corin and Yazaloya Golkami. Like, those are such cool characters. And for me to get to interact with the Buzzblades was, like, really special. For me, especially, like, having such hesitance to be in a horror type situation. And, you
2: know, that's actually a good point to touch back on. Um, as far as, like, the Buzzblades, I think it was really good how you were able to really, like, identify with, I mean like each one had a different personality that immediately like within like a sentence, you know, exactly which one it was, you know, whether it be bell or uh Yaka. What was her name? Yaka. Yeah. Yazaloya. lawyer. I wanted to say Yaka Zoya for whatever reason, but yeah. Yeah. I mean, so, I mean, there was <laughs> definitely, sober. you can tell. Them. Yeah. Well, those sober. are the <laughs> ones, those are the ones that I tried
3: to make the most distinct because I thought those would be the ones that you talk to in groups the yeah. most. You know, so like the other ones, you're more likely to talk one-on-one. So the d- the voice distinction didn't need to be as pronounced, maybe. Yeah, yeah. You know, but with the buzzblades, I mean, you're always going to run into a couple of them, at least, you know. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, I mean, the buzzblades, are, it's one of those things that we were talking about. You'll always be able to go back and, and look at stuff you wish you hadn't missed. Like, I would love to have had developed a relationship with every fucking one of them but like we were already spending so much time on rp that i i settled for like you know barrel door I, I really felt good about having a friendship with him and then corin had some interesting stuff lawyer the interactions we had were fucking awesome but like i didn't end up really like talking to her much mm-hmm. outside mm-hmm. of group stuff
3: she was fun she was boisterous you know yeah
0: i mean i loved your portrayal of her it was so energetic and fun so, moving on. Of course, the shit would eventually hit the fan, but that build-up took some time. So, our first sign of something being off, I, I think, was the strange incident with Mike thinking he was going to drown in the waterfall. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we had uh, several other things. We had Aaron's vision of an asteroid veering off course directly towards New Elysium. Phil ended up having a vision of of Terry, the ship AI, saying he'd better he'd be better off letting Terry take control. <laughs> Um, we, we had a bunch of stuff like that. So I, I wanted to, you know, kind of quickly talk about those build up events and, and how they built the mood and built the creep and got us to th- being a horror campaign proper. Um, and, and what you guys felt about your individual experiences with those like visions and stuff. Cause I know I, the, the mic one, like I didn't really expect much at all but that was like a oh shit like we just got here we're like an hour in and we're already having some weird stuff going on that that can't be confirmed it's like did i just imagine this and have like a weird brain lapse or
3: <laughs>
0: you know or what so what do you guys think of your experiences with with some of these weird happenings unexplained happenings at the time i believe they're called phantasms right
3: well, yeah, I'll, I'll get into the mechanics of it after y'all answer. Yeah, I thought it was an interesting thing to try to role play or an
6: interesting situation to be in that you probably wouldn't be otherwise. Um, I mean, g- fell with the, the eyeballs coming out of his mouth and all of the, the weirdness was just like, it was weird and cool and it took me out of my element, took me out of my comfort zone in the best possible
2: way
3: mm-hmm
2: so i i loved it
3: john what do you think about the swarm one
2: well actually yeah uh, i actually thought it was on point that we got to explore uh a piece of well history that hadn't really been explored in our group even though everybody it was alive during this time you know that the swarm war took place so i wanted to have somebody who would but Uh, I, that it really created a, a real, like uh, foreboding kind of event for him. You know, it was a, a moment where it was just kind of like, holy shit, this is really happening. And then like, there's nothing you can do about it. And no matter what, how you try, you're not winning. And it's, it actually like really had me. Like, oh, shit, I'm really worried
3: about this. I think you had the most intense, like, mechanical one. For yeah. Sure. Like, oh, like, oh, yeah. For sure. Oh, yeah. for
0: sure. I mean, his was a real combat.
3: You yeah. Know? And yeah. it was leveled up, too. You know? Well, I'll, it, it wasn't. But go ahead. Oh, you. okay.
0: <laughs> I was going to say, to John's point, like, I do think it's very cool as part of the way that you built Kuiper, that, that that combat is kind of an extension of of Kuiper's backstory, right? Yeah, it's
3: the first peek we get at it, you know. Right,
0: exactly. But I think it's very cool and and very on brand for you, John, that you incorporated a piece of of lore that is overlooked outside of the AP that is kind of a you know more about it. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's really cool for you to do, and also like taking something that is. Kind of the territory of another AP and having having kind of the bravery to be like, no, like this is something that is is involved with me that that is specific to my character, whether or not Attack of the Swarm exists. Exactly was really cool.
2: Yeah, yeah. Um, for that, uh, it just to me it felt like no one's addressing that World War One, you know, happened just thirty years ago. Pretty much, you know,
0: <laughs> that and- is true. That's completely overlooked in in most most every playthrough that people are doing is like that such a monumental galaxy spanning event yeah just happened not long ago right you know, in the in the 80s basically
2: yeah yeah so you know it was something that i felt like it had just it was a
0: prime opportunity to explore right any, anybody else have any feelings one way or another about their spoopy phantasms i mean
1: like I knew it wasn't real, you know what? Like I don't know. It's it's difficult to. Um...
3: Zach cannot well, just take himself out of the well, game. No, yeah, no, 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 yeah, no, no. I think
2: I'm not trying to speak for you. Whenever I say this, but if well, the interpretation that I get from Oren is that he's a very grounded individual, even though his head is in the stars, you know. But it's the same time. He plants both feet on the ground, and to for something like this to be taking place, it just doesn't seem like it. It seems more like it was, yeah, this is a fucking dream, you know. This is not. Something yeah, that's,
1: right. Like so, you know, I have to like be thinking like Orin would think. Yeah. When something like this happens, and w- which prompted me to like come to the party with the whole speech about. I know this is not what's happening, that I saw this is what ha- happened, but I know that this cannot happen. And so um, it actually ended up, uh, I think, you know, presenting a good opportunity for me to expound upon that and build on Orin's character and uh, actually reveal an aspect of Orin's character that I haven't really had any kind of opportunity to
3: do prior to that, so yeah, that speech that he did was awesome. Yeah, that was a really good Oren moment for sure. Well,
0: and it, and functionally it served the narrative very well because you know prior to that we had had Mike's whole thing in the the waterfall, but I don't think Mike could convince himself that that really happened or wasn't yeah. just he couldn't trust his own mind on it. Whereas Oren was very sure that this is not this is this is some kind of weird. False implanted vision. celestial yeah, so bodies do not
1: operate in this fashion.
0: <laughs> I know this to be true. <laughs> Even though Aaron, like John said, is his head in the stars. Those uh, stars are mechanically relevant, right? right you know yeah, they, exactly. they, they have yeah. a function. Like he's yeah. never lost, kind of thing.
3: Like he knows the stars for yeah. sure. You yeah. know, right? Um, well, okay. So let's talk about what they actually are. The fa- the phantasms. So there there was mechanical things going on these are in, these are in the um in the book right it's one of the events is that you guys are supposed to experience phantasms throughout and it's got a stat block it's it's labeled as a curse okay um but it's more like new Elysium is cursed with phantasms right and you're experiencing the side effects of that Curse, this haunting of new Elysium. You're you're there, right? And so it's like feeding off of everybody's fears and stuff and manifesting these these hallucinations. And I mean that's what they are. Okay. So they, there's the the save is a will save. So I was often telling you guys to roll fortitude saves, roll will saves, roll perceptions. I was really just rolling your will saves during that time behind the curtain you know to see if you believed this phantasm or didn't so that it's normally a will save of dc14 but it goes up to a dc17 if you're in possession of a comm unit cursed by the keys of to elysium which we all were which mm-hmm. you all were right? All right um and so like it can manifest in different ways so it can manifest as like an automatic damage dealer in which it does just like six D six per round of damage. If it's a combat manifestation type or phantasm, it has an attack of plus 13 uh, and does three. uh, I'm sorry, 66 for an attack roll and three D six if automatic. So like if it's combat that's why the swarm were hitting so hard, John. Cause like, I know you were confused of how these yeah. low level components <laughs> can just be. <laughs> it's like, Motherfucker, what's going on? Yeah. Yeah. And so like, that's the thing is like, it's not ever what you're seeing. It's what you're believing. And so that's why it only ah. affects your stamina. And so like, if you go into your health during the phantasm, You know, you're supposed to feel like you're really losing hit points, but once the phantasm's over, you gain those back because you really just expended energy dealing with this thing that you thought that was real. Which I think is a really cool way to do hallucinations mechanically. You know,
2: just to piggyback on that real quick, what would have happened if because I mean, like, Kuiper was down to like single digits at that point, HP wise. So you would have you would have
3: just like basically believed yourself to be unconscious. For, okay. uh, no, like, a minute, you know? And then you would come to uh, uncut, unripped apart. Yeah, and be exhausted. like, I'm fine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah.
0: Jesus. That is, that is a very cool, creative way to use some mechanics in a narrative purpose. You and know?
3: so they give a bunch of sample phantasms, uh, some of which I used, you know? So for, for You Fell, I, I pulled one straight out of the book because I just thought it was it for for you Mm -hmm. Uh, it's called the way it's labeled here it's called creepy peepers (laughs) 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 Uh, it just says that you know while the pc grims himself he feels something in his throat he looks in the mirror he sees his mouth is filled with a monstrous eye while his normal eyes are gone um yeah so you know kind of expound upon that and then i used another one i gave to barrel door so the the plate eating thing is actually one that's suggested in the book
0: well well hey man the the book the ones you pulled from the book those are effective those are some of the most memorable you know kind of horrifying phantasms you could get i mean it's cool that you had a blend of like some that you kind of homebrewed and some that were straight out of the book because they were on point when they were out of the yeah i mean the uh there's one that i didn't
3: get to use but there's like a doppelganger one where you you're talking to somebody, and then you see that same somebody walk past you. Oh, that's fucked yeah, up. And then that—if you chase that one, that one attacks you.
0: <laughs> mm. yeah, I feel like that oh, would that really. would be effective for some people and not effective for others. Like Mike would be like, oh, "Whatever, they got yeah. to you do know? <laughs> They got <a> to <laughs> But yeah, they were
3: fun little things, and but they are they are separate from the corruption, right? Like you cannot be corrupted. A lot of you weren't corrupted, and, and you were experiencing. Phantasms. Yeah, they just make yeah. you more susceptible to, you know, uh, you know, in flavor wise, more susceptible to the shadow corruption because you're already off your game. You know, you're already feeling not certain what's real and what isn't. You know.
0: Yeah. Nice. I mean, that's it's a cool element, man, and and that's what you know functionally like it starts to get us to the point of being like oh like there really is something wrong here and it's not just Mm -hmm. me you know so like i said we we started having all these strange and foreboding experiences during social events and stuff like that in book one but at that point there wasn't really anything we could do about it we couldn't piece together enough information between us for the characters to definitively know what was happening, or that we weren't just imagining these things, with the exception maybe of Oren's of um, phantasm. But that is until after the gala, when the party all saw the shadow baby. And I feel like that was a real turning point, where the party party unified that, yes, there's a problem here, there's a mystery here, and we need to be united in solving it. <clears throat> that said, the gala itself was one of the most delightful RP experiences I've personally ever been part of. So first, let's talk about getting ready for the gala and the gala itself real quick, and then we can talk about kind of the the, the spookiness post-gala that that brought us all together and, and made us realize, like, yeah, there's a horror mystery we need to solve. And I've got to say, kudos to Emily for her brilliant RP on getting us all ready uh, and dressed to the nines on uh, for the gala because I re-listened to that episode last night and it is just uh, delightful.
4: Yay, thank you. I had a lot of fun with that. Um,
0: I bet. I,
4: I don't in real life don't have a lot of fashion sense, so the what little I have, I channeled it hardcore into Ziva. Did a lot of
0: Pinteresting. Well, that's <laughs> RP for you. You did a good, great go. job.
4: <laughs> no, it's fun to dress up aliens though.
0: Uh, yeah Yeah
4: But uh I I, I was really happy That Oren actually Liked his outfit That uh, That Made me the most happy <laughs>
0: That's a win That right? was a yeah. that, that was a, hard, a win. Cool win
4: Yeah For sure Yeah
6: we've We've had people in Discord Asking well when is Oren Gonna like it Well he did there
4: He did He did, he did like he it That was one in fact, instant liked that, yeah. Yeah, He
2: did Kind of gave himself A little wink in the mirror You know <laughs> he only admitted it to himself to
0: himself right
1: <laughs> that's what matters
0: he walked by the mirror and said i like it <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah I, th- I think the gala is is really interesting because it provides so much fodder for that that fun rp and maybe a lot of parties wouldn't spend as much time as we did on <laughs> you know, uh, figuring out what we're wearing and all that, but Ziva being who she is, like, we could not pass right. it up, right? We had to let you have that moment to shine, and it was a fun, like, uh, unifying experience for the party, like, we all all bonded, and, like, we are the APA, and we are representing the APA well, which is what I think is so interesting about it happening right before the whole, like, Shadow Baby thing, like, freaks everybody out, and there's the the confrontation with Kane Zaffle and, like, like I said, I think it. I think the whole book turns a corner right at right after the fun parts of the gala.
4: Yeah, of the
0: <laughs> yeah because of the shrimp. Yeah, because I mean, <laughs> of the shrimp. It wasn't is the, it wasn't point. the damn shrimp? Yeah, the
3: shrimp is the turning point of the whole
0: campaign. It's
4: not the damn shrimp.
0: <laughs> Final boss is just going to be a it's gigantic. Just the, it's just a big station, mm-hmm. yeah. yeah. Goodness. yeah that
1: that but for sure that that changed the game, you know, um especially in character, I think, right like that was when it really got to Oren and he was ready to shoot that thing, and um that's when it was like, okay, we gotta stop fucking around and figure out yeah, figure this figure out, out. How it's happening. yeah yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, do something about yeah. it.
0: Yeah, well, and I think it's also because it's something that multiple people saw happen at one time. Like, Mike saw it for, like, a round and then passed his save, but he was like, I saw that, Mm -hmm. and what they're saying really happened. This can't just be in my head, right? This is not some mass hysteria, you know, this is actual, I sink
4: that.
6: (laughs) (laughs) I wish that I'd had more time with the, what turned out to be a reptoid, uh, Verthani woman with Fel, like, it didn't really go anywhere, but the fact that there was even the idea of a non-squid-related or a non-cuttlefish-adjacent uh, uh potential, I-, I don't know, role-playing love interest or w- whatever was really neat to me. And then she tried to kill yeah. us. <laughs>
5: Well,
1: well, she'll always be the one that got away,
4: Josh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, she didn't get far. I mean, no. we, we killed her. So. I mean, did she get away? I mean, nah. I mean, she, she died.
1: Well, so. she she was a reptoid the whole time. Yeah, so, yeah, um, yeah, yes and no,
4: yes and no. Look, <laughs> Callum A. Look, Callum call B. Yeah, look, Callum
1: A. Look, Callum call B. <laughs> Sorry about it. Sorry yeah, about it. But it, look, it, man. It's all right. Look at it this way. At least she didn't find out. You know, the hard way. True,
6: true. That that could have been. Uh, you
1: could have gotten stabbed. You could, fell could have gotten stabbed to death mid coitus. Yeah.
2: <laughs> yeah, that would have been a bad time. Like, yeah, so saved instead, you. Kuiper wanted to uh, stab her. Yeah. No. Kuiper should have well, Kuyper no. was dead right <laughs> <laughs> Kuyper was
0: 100% right, right. He was jo- John was poised to do this thing And just yeah. let his doubt turn him away At yeah. the last second And I do think all of us were just like No just do it just do it nope.
1: Slit that reptoid's throat dude
0: Emily was
4: 100% shot There's was just
2: too many variables you know? I mean, he called
3: it. The he said it on air. He's like, I think that she's a reptoid. I'm going to go. Yes. I'm going to go and put a knife to her throat, and she's going to tell me one way or the other. <laughs> I was like,
2: all right, we'll see you. <laughs> go <laughs> learn
1: today. Adam <laughs> uh. was like frantically checking his notes like, how am I going to avert this problem?
3: <laughs> I
2: mean, I really did put
3: the we'll see you right there because I needed to think. Yeah, yeah you did. Yeah. Well,
4: you, de- you even did, and I see... I thought this was very clever, Adam, and I, I don't know, like, looking back on it, because didn't you do, at one point, like, you, like, Kuiper gave me a perception check or whatever, and, like, he saw her mm-hmm. eye change or yeah. something, mm-hmm. and I was like, wait a minute, is she, or is that just, like, the mind, the phantasm the shit? The phantasm
3: you know? allowed me to build such an uncertainty of what what's real and what isn't, that I could play with that yeah. all day long. You know, and that's mm-hmm. that's kind of what led to the the bait and switch with Gardenzio in the in the brig on the ship. You know,
5: yeah. <sighs> yeah. yeah. I trust well, you.
2: that reptoid was Kuipers. I don't like it. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know Everybody what? I gets one. Still, don't like about
6: that is that Ziva and I now have augmentations that are still in there that the reptoid installed. Uh so does so do Kyber. I. I was gonna yeah. say everybody, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, well, everybody, everybody
0: Orin. not not Oren <laughs> <laughs> said not I
3: <laughs> and that's why I don't like, trust th- doctors. there there are definitely definitely
1: <laughs> penalties to making the character choices that I've made. Um but there are also upsides. I don't have to worry about shit like that coming back to bite me in the ass.
2: <laughs> true, true. And you know, the, the thing is, is that I don't know if anybody else had them as an intrusive procedure as I did. I got glass skin.
0: Uh, mine was. Uh,
2: you got pressurized lungs. I mean, yeah, that was. Okay. Yes. That the is very intrusive in as my well. my blood. <laughs> oh, my God. Yes. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Literally
6: everything in Phil.
1: Adam's like shaking his head like, oh, how am I going to fuck them over <laughs> with this now?
0: Well, I was going to say, like, I mean, you're you're worried about, like, oh, this reptoid did these things. But, like, it behooves her to do her job well to maintain her cover. Sure, sure. And so far, we have no reason to believe they haven't functioned properly.
4: I don't like the way – I mean, you guys – Listening can't see this, but you know we're we're sitting here on the Zoom call and we're we're hardcore discussing this, and Adam's just over here like Kermit the Frog <laughs> sipping his tea, like mm, I don't know.
0: twirling his Snape, Snape goatee. Yeah. You know?
4: <laughs> I'll tell you, I, I don't like it.
0: <laughs> no comment. So Adam. Adam mentioned the, uh, the bait and switch with Gardenzio. Uh, so after the gala, we had the issue of Mike having to go see who we believe to be Gardenzio and in a way was, uh, and if seeing the shadow baby after the gala was a bit of a turning point into the creepiness of the AP for the party, this meeting was the turning point for Mike personally. The conversation with Gardenzio finally provides some insight into where these unexplained events might be originating in reference to, we find out about the mind that's b- beneath mm-hmm. new Elysium. Like we formally find out that information. Uh, but there were some important bonding moments, I think between Mike and Aaron, with Mike asking Aaron to come to the meeting with him to keep his temper in check. So he didn't just beat this dude to death. You know, uh, I think that they definitely Mike and Aaron uh, they already had a lot of trust in each other, but I think they really had to rely on each other a few times in this, AP and this this is one of those the most important of those times. Uh, yeah, I agree hundred
1: percent, and uh, that's why it really hurt when Mike didn't trust Orin when he was uh, trying to take the Reptoid down. But it's okay, man. I forgive you.
0: <laughs> well, I appreciate your forgiveness. I really do.
4: I've been losing sleep over that. Yeah,
1: I mean. for for months now. Uh, no, I, I I did think that was um really cool of Mike to to reach out and to put that trust in Orin, you know what I mean? Because I think that like, I don't know that, um, sort of the distance that Orin keeps between himself and, and even his closest friends, um, you know, shrank a little bit as a result of, I mean, I think it takes them reaching out to him as opposed to him reaching out to them, you know, um, to get that closeness. And, uh, so, yeah, that was cool. The And, and you know, the shared trauma, man. You know, that's a surefire way to bond.
0: <laughs> right. Well, and yep. I was going to say, in, inevitably, his uh, Mike's anger at Gardenzio did spill over. And just as he reaches out and grabs Gardenzio by the neck, we have this powerful vision of asteroids ripping through the side of the, the station and, and trying to suck us out into space. And, and they both witnessed that. That was really interesting to me that, like— We'd ha- we just had the shadow baby thing, so we all kind of saw the same vision, and then this was two of us like having the same like very vivid like longer than a couple of seconds kind of vision mm-hmm. that that was like way more powerful than some of the the quicker more fleeting phantasms that people had had prior mm-hmm. to that.
1: Yeah, yeah, and 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 it was it was freaky deaky, man, for sure. And like, but honestly, the worst part of it was was the the aftermath. Right. right. Where Mike comes to and realizes what the fuck it <laughs> he's been doing.
0: Right. Well, yeah. Well, that's that second meeting, right? Because we get the fuck out of there once we come back to our senses, and then we're asked to, by Philip to come back to another meeting because Kane wanted to talk to us about what went on, which we didn't realize exactly what went on. Because um, we find out that the uh, events of the meeting with Gardenzio didn't e- occur as we thought, and that, more importantly, Gardenzio was not Gardenzio. That right. I mean, that was the <clears throat> the big deal. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, Kane was mad that I, you know, acted violently toward him. But to Mike, it was like, wait a minute! Like I just had a very emotional, like a electric fucking conversation with this person who means so much to to my backstory, and it wasn't even mm-hmm. him the whole time. Uh, so I'll say, like I. I still don't fully understand what happened there, or I understand a little bit better now that Adam explained at the beginning that it was, like, his spirit doing these two different conflicting things, but it threw me for a loop, it dude. Did. Like mm-hmm. I, it did. I did not know how to handle it, it. I really didn't. It was the first time I really, really have had the rug pulled out from under me uh, in this AP, and probably just ever in my TTRPG experience, to where, like there's a very real problem of not necessarily being able to trust my own character's mind and memory.
3: Yeah. That was, I mean, I got him good. Y'all like,
0: <laughs> it was, you know, that
3: reveal happened at the end yeah. of the episode. Yeah. And it was one, it was the first of two that, you know, when we, that's how we record or whatever. And so the, in between those two was like a little bit of like having to center <laughs> back. Talk up. Heath
1: down off yeah, the ledge. Yeah,
3: Cause for he was sure. like, what the what the fuck even fuck
0: happened? Yeah. You know? Yeah. Well, I just yeah. I was just like, this is mm-hmm. bullshit, dude. Like, yeah. I was in that room. Yeah. I saw what
3: happened. Fucking one saw it too. Like Zach, Zach, you saw it. Like Zach's like, uh, I don't know <laughs> what I saw. It's- <laughs>
0: Yeah, that's what really fucked with me. Is like I've got a witness, you know, <laughs> <laughs> and then that it was presented like on camera. We saw like the way that we found out about it is by seeing a video of us doing very different things than what we yeah, thought we did, yeah. right?
4: And then that was the other thing. Like, did that actually not happen or are these security guards have they doctored this footage somehow I
0: like, was I was 100% convinced that was it's what a it conspiracy was. man yeah. the <laughs> to get me man no, I wa- I, that's what I thought I was like they fucking set me up dude they set me up that's what I really really thought uh, that in makes that me moment
3: so happy. You know, if I can't kill you I can at least unnerve the shit out of y'all that's a- <laughs> I'll
2: take it, Fuck I'll take it. Head.
3: yeah that
1: was a, that was a turning point moment I think as well yeah for sure.
0: Yeah, I think for Mike and Oren, that was like the sort of nail in the coffin of like, all right, we're about to go fucking full on.
1: Man, I'll tell you what, Heath, if Mike would have attacked Kane's apple right there, Oren would have had his back, 100%. He was ready to go. He's ready to put a bullet right between that dude's fucking eyes. I thought eyes. about it.
0: I really, really thought yeah. about it. I didn't want to mess up, mess stuff up for the party, you know? Goddamn APA. murder, hobos. <laughs> <laughs> so, anyway, uh, thing, things start to unravel for the controlling powers of New Elysium after this, right? We start to see signs of of Philip having some harm done to him, either by himself or by someone else. Uh, the doctor Chuckle, gets reports of strange sicknesses and comes and consults us about it, initially insisting that it's just a food sickness outbreak from the shrimp at the gala, which became a recurring theme of, like, you dumb motherfucker, this is not the shrimp, you know? <laughs> But it becomes more and more clear that that this is not the case, and and ultimately the decision is made to place the entirety of New Elysium in a soft quarantine, with the assumption that the stewards are on their way to come solve our problems, right? Uh, which I've mentioned before, the interesting parallel between living through the COVID-19 pandemic and playing this <laughs> AP mm-hmm. that has a quarantine yeah. situation, Just, just I think, think it made it much more effective that that was... What yeah. was occurring in-game.
4: Yeah, I think in-game, as that would happen, like, you know, we play virtually. Uh, but I feel like we all of the players just, like, looked at Adam like, are, are you, you really fucking serious? Right you gonna bring this into our virtual yeah. shit, too? Like, I will say that mm. I
3: trimmed the quarantine section down. I Thank did, you. I did do that. Yeah, that's probably cool. a smart move. I cut out yeah. a whole encounter there.
0: I think there was a leaning to, like, oh, dude, this is too close to home. Like, you know? I, I mentioned yeah, that like it happened, also.
3: but I didn't, like, dwell on it much. And there was other things going on. We just didn't really, like, push the edges of it too hard, you know?
4: That's what I appreciate, you. <laughs>
6: yeah, well, and it didn't really affect us as a party with what we were doing with how you drink right. it, too. Yeah. You know, like, yeah, there was a quarantine to where everybody else was staying in. But we went out because we're going to fix this thing, or at least attempt to. So
3: there's the there's supposed to be an altercation with the buzzblades during that during that time.
0: How how so?
3: You're supposed to be like you know, it would be another one of those things where it's like, okay, you guys are on soft quarantine and there's no action happening. What do you want to do for the day? And and you guys tell me some things like, well, what do I do in a in a resort now knowing what you know. So it was weird to have any further downtime scenes. Right. And, but what it was supposed to happen is that you guys are like relaxing somewhere and Vera Lay and Lomer are also relaxing in the same place. And they have a really severe phantasm and think that you guys are enemies and they, uh-huh. they go after you. And I don't know, like, what, uh, here's why I cut it out. One, cause I wanted to kind of brush through the quarantine section and get to the mine and not spend too much time on that. Cause you guys already had it figured out anyway. There, there, I was not going to be able to hold you away from the mine any longer anyway. You know, and I didn't want to have a fight with the two buzzblades that you're going to fight later because I wanted that to happen.
0: You didn't want to nerf your own fight later. You wanted to fuck well,
3: us up. It's not even that. I didn't want to like show that, that hand yet. You know what I mean? Like,
0: well, right. I- Cause then it'd be like, we're, we're going to fight all the buzzblades at some well, point. Well, I
3: just think it's more effective is when you come out of the mine with like all the mm-hmm. shit that you go through in the mine to a whole buzzblades that have taken everything over, you know, like the, how quickly the corruption happened in 18 hours. You were gone for 18 hours. And they were like fully corrupted, taking over the whole. I think that's more powerful. But what do you guys think? Do you think that, that it would have been worth teasing it I think here?
4: No, no. I think you played that perfectly.
3: Yeah. Like who Who in their right
6: mind, knowing what we knew, would decide to laze about? For mm-hmm. a yeah. I was going to say, relax. Stuff.
5: What <laughs> I
3: <don't> know. That's <laughs> what says. This, this is no time for event that. Event number seven, right? On the morning of the 10th day that you're there. So this is what it says. As the PCs attempt to relax in a public area on the morning of the 7th or on, of the 10th day, perhaps in the boundless sunroom, virle axis, one of them insulted her. Um, you know, and this is after event six, which is soft quarantine. And you're supposed to fight security guards there too. Like there's supposed to be this whole thing of like the people freaking out. And you, you right. interceding and either, you know, fighting the guards or whatever, you know, it's just like, it's all just seemed not, not where we were at, you know?
0: Yeah. I mean, I can see the, the possibility and the point though, that like, I don't think it would have been I- impactful if it was like, oh, we're just going to laze about. But if that happened as we're like on our way to go check out the situation where where kathessa died or whatever and we we get intercepted by him i could see that being useful in that it could put kind of a fire under our ass like oh these corruptions are ramping up like we've got to get this mind done quickly Mm -hmm. right it could have added some pressure i
3: feel like you guys were already there i guess is what i'm saying like yeah like i think that is the purpose of that encounter you know to to have that but i feel like you guys were already there yeah, I mean, for another party, it would be a, a potentially useful tool, but we didn't. I'll need tell to. you where I thought about doing it because I went back and forth on it, like right up into right up into the moment. You know, I was considering doing it as like a kind of like a diversion or like a interceding some conflict when you guys were trying to talk to Phil when he was in his room, and there was like you guys were trying to like distract the security guards. Mm-hmm. I was mm-hmm. going to have them kind of come and fuck that up and like whoever was there, fight the two of them while the stuff was going on with Phil. But I think at that point there was some things that were already running long for the episode. It felt, it would have felt weird, you know, and like mm-hmm. kind of forced in and um, it just wasn't necessary. So I, I made the call to, to pull it completely, you know, yeah, and
6: it could have yeah. messed with the pacing of, of and the impact of the interaction
3: with right. built. Right. Right. Yeah.
6: Know, constantly pulling away from that for a couple rounds of combat and then going a back. Meaningless so it, combat it wouldn't have hit like, the same because
3: you know, you're not going to try and- to kill them because they're clearly not. Yeah. Seeing reality, you know, this they're not corrupted at this point. They're having a hallucination, you know, and um, so you're just really trying to subdue them.
4: I think that holding off and waiting until they were fully corrupted and we had to, you know, there was no option. I I think that had more of an impact, you know, so but but that's my opinion.
6: Yeah, I mean, the immediacy of having to come to terms with all of Mike's idols being corrupted was was a lot more impactful than seeing a slow decline. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Or or a gradual decline, rather.
4: Agreed. that's what they say, you know, never meet your heroes because you'll have to murder them brutally. <laughs> I don't think that's how that
0: saying goes. I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure that's, that's
2: I'm with a you. solid you. I'm quote. pretty sure yeah. that is, yeah.
0: I mean, Google I mean, it, but look, when when I was Albert a kid, Einstein, I met I Triple H one time and I did not brutally murder him. Well, so. that's oh, missed bad. opportunity, I that fight, so.
2: <laughs>
0: <laughs> I mean, he would have crushed me into paste. Yeah, he would have
1: kicked your ass, dude. <laughs> he would have yeah. kicked your
0: ass so, I, I did what at this point while we're we're building up to the mind, right like we we figured out the mind, we're going that's where we're headed, but during that period of time, our corruptions start manifesting proper, right It's not just phantasms we start getting corruptions mm-hmm. right so how how do you like let's talk about the corruption system a little bit. Like, what do you guys think of the corruption system? Adam, I know you're going to have a lot to weigh in on mechanically, but like, what do you think about your particular corruption and corruptions in general? So I will say from
4: also a GM point of view, I love corruption mechanics. I think they're very cool. I think it's just a very interesting way to balance kind of character and our player agency with like, The rules, I I like that it imposes uh, rules that can kind of make you work against your character. Um, So I I just find that very interesting that you have to kind of look at it from an outside point of view from like a, um, you you know, look at your character from a fucked up kind of uh, frame of reference. And I think that that just makes it more interesting. So mechanically, GM wise, I love it. Character player wise, I also love it. Yeah, we know. <laughs> <laughs> shocking, I know.
0: Edge of my seat for that one. <laughs> <really>. mm-hmm, mm-hmm.
4: <laughs> mm-hmm.
0: You, I mean, I'm fully expecting that you will choose to be fully corrupted at some point.
1: No. You're gonna lose your character.
0: No. (laughs) I think, look, I think as much as you say no now, you're gonna get into the the heat of the thing and you're, you're gonna like the idea of corrupted Ziva more than you like the idea of continuing to be able to play Ziva and you'll be fine with making a new character and you're gonna give your goddamn character away for your weird, kinky corruption. (laughs) No,
4: the thing that I'm, the thing that I, and most interested in, and the th- and what I like about the concept of corruption mechanics is not the corruption itself, but the redemption, like okay. coming back from that, creating that down the hill portion of the story. You know, you're working you know, your way
3: up. That's what I appreciate about you, Emily. <laughs> <laughs> you'll dig in. So- you'll dig in. You'll throw throw it throw it to the wind, just cause you know. And I like it. I like
2: it. I thought you were just trying to like teeter on the edge, and you just love that edge, you know. That's well, I mean, well, I mean part, a little, like, for but sure, right? yeah, yeah. It, I it, mean,
4: yeah. that's to me, that is what uh, creating and working within the the character concept that you really want to see is pushing the boundaries of what you're comfortable with or what you think your character would be willing to do, and then kind of what do you do afterwards. How do you how do you take the results of what you've been sort of what's been thrust upon you and turn that character either back or deal with the new reality that that you have? Um, So that's what I'm interested in with the corruption mechanics.
6: Yeah. Having dealt with the the corruption mechanics in a separate game uh, out like a not recorded, not part of the STF thing, I feel the exact same way as Emily does about them. They present Interesting and challenging role playing potential that your ideal character would not have to deal with, you know, to to be put into a situation that you have to go against what you want for your character because of what they're dealing with. And, you know, the whole character knowledge versus player knowledge um, or the character's reality versus your dreams for them is is extremely interesting to me and it, it's so much fun to play and and just almost as like a thought experience or experiment, yeah, it's fun to explore that mm. and kind of dive into it a bit and to to see where it goes, where it leads, where it takes your character. and you may not like the result, but that's part mm-hmm. of the fun.
4: Yeah
2: yeah I couldn't I couldn't say say it better myself there. That, that's great. Yeah, you're absolutely right on that. So, what do you think about your
6: particular corruption, Josh? I, to be perfectly honest, I'm not sure what to do with it. Um, The outward appearance and fell not being able to change or you know shift the colors of his skin and stuff anymore is definitely a kind of a a discouraging thing for fell because that's part of his identity. Um, But what what is the full extent of your corruption? It's help me with this, Adam, because I don't
3: have um, so sheet yeah, up, so but. you know, everybody has the same corruption, but what differs is the way it manifests per person, right?
0: Right, that's what I mean. Is what is what and is so his particular he has, manifestations?
3: He's on the uh, cold blooded track of manifestations. So some of these manifestations are almost trees, right? They like if you have cold blooded, you're open to other manifestations that are more powerful but also a little bit more like, you know, corrupted. Um, but like, so he's on the cold-blooded and so the chill of deep shadows has uh, inured you to the cold. So he has cold resistance five. Uh, if he ends up getting three or more manifestations, that resistance increases to ten. Uh, which is cool. And then the stain, nope, which never, <laughs> right, the stain that never gets worse it's just comes right there is that your appearance becomes disturbing reducing your charisma score by 1 so you know mechanically it's not so bad for his character but for his character i mean fell is kind of i don't want to say like uh i i mean your appearance is kind of part of your character right
6: yeah it's part of his right? identity
3: and so, to have that charisma reduced and to lose kind of some of that, I think, is an effective story stain, even if it's not a big deal mechanically. Yeah. Um, well, and, and that's the thing. It's not a big deal yet, but where we're about to go. Well, right. Like, you're about to have yeah. to, like, talk to an old friend, and you're less able yeah. to do that now, you know? It covered in scars right. and so, not looking like himself. And, and going back to Verses. As a Verthani, with one of the most defining characteristics of your species, inert. You know what I mean? Like
0: mm-hmm. that.
3: So that's why I chose that for Fell. You know what I mean? Like on paper, it doesn't like really jump out Fell, but like, but you right. know, adapting it to his story. That's that's why he has that. Yeah, one, you know.
6: And that, that's that's why I said like I'm not exactly sure what to do with it just yet. Right, but. You know, I knew, and again, trust Adam as a GM that he's not just gonna going to have thrown that at me or you know given that to Fell without a reason.
0: Right. One, well, it's it's akin to like an example I would think of is like Mike being a vesk if he went to the Vescarium but had had all his horns filed off. Right. right. You know, mm. like they wouldn't accept him as a as a traditional vesk kind of thing. Mm. So, John, you said you agreed with their their sentiments, but I would think you probably like your manifestations. I would think.
2: Uh, So, it's convenient mechanically, uh, but at the same time, um, it's a bit unique to explore. Because just to give a a quick reminder of what it is, it's it's Shadow Cloak, which allows me to hide in uh, dim or darkness. And the stain behind it is uh have to roll twice for any strength-based check and take the worst result. Now, yes, the gift actually, I mean, like, in this AP, there has been both a strange mix of of actually pulling himself closer to this group but at the same time becoming a little bit more isolated from the group and a sense. And that's the isolation would come from the shadow cloak and it would have to do with, you know, he wants to stay out of the light, you know, and he does enjoy his, I guess in his downtime or his, I guess in your 10 minutes, you know, uh, stamina rests, he would be kind of off to the corner
0: by himself.
2: You know, right, one
0: well, especially considering I think a couple of us have like illuminating fusions and stuff exactly. like that where we're casting light. You so know?
2: he's not trying to get up and be like shoulder to shoulder, unless he's going to flank. You know, right? He, wa- he doesn't want to be noticed. You know, mm-hmm.
0: correct me if I'm wrong. Aaron doesn't have any manifestations yet.
1: That is correct,
2: sir. We'll get there. Typical. He's typical. Typical. a huge <laughs> grin on his face. He got that
0: plus
4: 28
2: hey, to will yeah, or
0: whatever. Yeah, exactly. The fucking Fucking 28. Fuck <laughs> when you don't really use Resolve much, right?
1: No, I don't have a res- Resolve spender at all. Oh, I mean, you don't have uh, one at all?
4: Give me no. some of your Resolve, bitch.
2: <laughs> you
0: know what? You know
1: what?
2: You know what? You need to go spend a feat on something that gives, like, Got to spend two resolves on
1: so that I can get quicker on the corruption yes. track, mm-hmm. yes. yes. Okay, all right, we'll see. Buy in, dude. We'll see Buy in.
6: What's happening is Zach keeps rolling
3: dirty 30s <laughs> and just passing. <laughs> I say that's the thing I yeah. hate most about this book.
0: Is <laughs> 30s? Is the dirty 30s? <laughs> I want to tell you right now, they're, yeah. they're not going away. <laughs> no. Well, they're
3: written as corrupted 30s in the book, but
2: oh, okay. yeah, that's oh, okay, that's, that's why it. they're dirty.
0: So so personally, like, I, I think the corruption mechanic is very cool. I like the intimidating type uh, manifestation that Mike has to some degree. I, I don't feel like I've had a lot of opportunities to really use it. There's been a couple for sure. Like his first, like when Kuiper revealed himself, his conversation with Kuiper and then his conversation with uh, prisoner Gardenzio. Like those were both good examples of him getting to use that. Uh, I haven't been able to use it as much as I would like, but as far as the corruption system in general, I will say kind of on the other side of the coin of everybody, you know, praising it so much. I would be really hesitant to use a corruption system if I, if I were in a party that wasn't as like tight knit. As ours were, and so dedicated to like doing what's good for the show, I could see a corruption system ruining a party. Absolutely, because like, people yeah. start yeah. people start acting on their corruptions, and and like it, ironically, it'd be like buying in too much to your corruptions could really alienate your other. And party somebody members might want to be an edgelord, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. And, yeah. It, it could set up a lot of edge yeah. 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 yeah, in the
6: the non-STF game that I mentioned before, that has like we're dealing with uh, corruption mechanics as well. I'm kind of trying to walk that line. I'm trying to push as close as I can to it, but not break the group's trust and not, you know, ruin things for other players because I don't want to ruin their fun. But that is definitely a real potential issue.
0: Yeah. Right. Well, there still has to be a certain amount of respect and consideration. And- I think we're all well aware that we are very fortunate to have the group that we do because I see nothing but horror stories on the internet about groups that can't stay together and that, you know, one person screws it up for everybody by doing stuff Mm. like that. So I think, you you know, to use something like Corruptions, which is a very cool mechanic, you really need to be tuned in to your your friends and have a lot of respect for your gaming Mm -hmm. group. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. I will say
4: this last thing and then we can move on. But I think Ziva's corruption I think is perfect a uh, story-wise, but also mechanically it does not provide me, Emily the player, with a boon. A boon that certainly not that I can use very often. Like I mean, I have to take massive damage <laughs> to be able to use the
0: the gift. Yeah, but that's a boon if you want to take massive damage. It it
4: is. But I think it's perfect, though, because of what you said, Heath. Like, as me, I'm probably the one who's most interested in leaning into the corruption hardcore. Mm -hmm. But that mechanic aspect keeps me kind of in check a little bit. So um, I think that that's a very good balance.
0: Uh, Yeah, well, I mean, because you could go all in and just say, fuck it, I'll either let my character get fully corrupted and give it away, or I'll get myself killed trying to lean into this mechanic, you know?
4: Yeah.
0: Uh, Both of those, generally, you don't want to happen.
4: Yeah, those you're going to have a bad time. I will say
3: (laughs) to the corruptions, to all of you, that all of your manifestations get substantially more interesting when you hit the, like, second level of them. You know what I mean? And I think that, you know be prepared that it's very likely that in somewhere in the next two to three books that you will get there, you know, like,
0: yeah. Well, especially Mike and Ziva, they're already the most right, corrupt. Right.
3: People. Like the, I think the intent kind of, at least my intent, I'll say for sure is to get you as close to it throughout the three books with risk of you losing your character, but hopefully you don't like that's my, that's like, what, what i want but i'm also not gonna like hold back on it either you know
0: yeah and you shouldn't and you shouldn't i mean but that is like my biggest fear is like and always has been as i've been pretty vocal about is like losing control of mike and having I mean, if you gotta us got go up against mike like not to toot my own horn but like that's a challenge like that's a rough we fight seen. you know
4: yeah I, well, i'm I mean- not
0: saying you're all gonna die you could probably take him down all of you together but it's going to cost something. You nah, know?
4: it's fine. We're just going to let Oren 1v1. <laughs> <laughs> I got
0: a, I got I a, got a, a number.
4: If I got he gets the higher number. ground, I'm
0: done. You know?
1: <laughs> there it is. I ain't scared of Mike. I ain't scared of Mike.
0: Uh, well, you know, I feel like Mike has a lot of respect for you, you know? <laughs> okay, so uh, because of all this hardship and unexplained phenomenon, the APA... They've had to use what allies they can, and we begin to learn a lot more about the mysterious Kuiper Vargas. So I wanted to take a moment to commend John on creating a a truly fantastic character in Mm Kuiper. Thank you. Good job, dude. Really, Thank you. So first off, I very quickly, I wanted to say, what did you guys think of Kuiper when you first (laughs) met him? Kind of a dick.
5: (laughs) 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 Kind of
6: a
2: dick? That's That's a fair assessment.
4: I was very excited about Kuiper because he was he's another character uh, charisma character, you know? Like that's exciting to be able to play off of that. And um and also I really love that species. It's a cat man and it's
0: Yeah, great. I, mean, I do too. <laughs> With all the drip that uh Kuiper has. You ready for a bad Cardi Cardi B joke? Mm-hmm. He's a wop. He's a wet-ass posture. <laughs> <laughs> uh, wow. Uh, wow,
6: well,
2: that's yes. great. nice. That's Nice, Love nice. That's great. Like oh, cool, 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 cool. I was cool, cool. expecting the cool. other pig, yeah. which would have been appropriate, but also risque. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, was, I, well I held blue. back, man. A little blue, but, I, do, but right. I like it. Right?
3: <laughs> that's that grim dark you're coming for, folks.
0: <laughs> I'm, I'm holding back. I'm holding oh, back. Shit. So John, why why don't you give us a very quick breakdown of who Kuiper is, what who he was initially portrayed as, and what his actual motives are, because there's a lot of layers to Kuiper, right? He's like an onion. Yeah. There it is. <laughs> no, a cake. Come uh, on. No. Um no, but everybody okay. like
2: parfait. Lasagna. So <laughs>
3: We could do this all day, dude. Yeah, food. Yeah. You want to go? I
2: mean. parfait so Termasue. Right.
1: <laughs> okay. I like all lasagna. Right. I think lasagna is the most apt description. <laughs> anyway. <he's>
2: <laughs> oh, yeah. Because he's not Garfield. Uh, I'm dude. not fucking Garfield. Fuck that noise. But, okay. So, Kuiper, uh, just starting off, okay. So, Kuiper had to come into the middle of the story that is APA. And as I said before, I had to develop some intrigue, uh, for Kuiper to be taken seriously, you know? Um, so I wanted Kuiper to be a bit charismatic at the start. And so, okay. My influence, I don't think I've ever actually told y'all, but my influence for Kuiper's lie was Mads Mickelson. Uh, particularly from the show Hannibal. Hannibal? Yeah. Yeah. Show Hannibal. If you've never seen it, watch it. I guarantee you'll like it. Um, it's
0: on Netflix now.
2: Yep. Um, so, but that also blends really well with the new Elysium aesthetic. You know, it's supposed to be a classy place, um, full of people with just too much money and expensive clothes, you know, but, uh, underneath that, I wanted to explore trauma, you know, and of course, this, this is signal of screams, but I wanted to explore it even if we weren't doing signal of screams you know um and so this gave some fodder for AK to use i'm sorry adam for That's to me. use um <laughs> but uh you know and so another thing that i wanted to explore with that though was uh masks for i can't think of the right word but yeah masks um i mean in the sense of like knowing a person in one way but um what happens to those around him that he interacts with that, uh, once they see past the mask, you know, like the, uh, the grand reveal, you know, um, so there was this also this, uh, this like preoccupation of who Kuiper was or who Kuiper is. How does he fit into this whole place? You know, but with the mask pulled back, you know, you have this like, Gruff but intelligent individual who's now shifted from this Mads Mickelson lie to um Wagnamora, the actor who played Pablo Escobar in Narcos, also on Netflix. But he's his own man, you know, his own Patra, so to speak. Um but like he's more than a fly on the wall. Like he still looks at this group through an objective lens, you know? But it's no longer how does this affect Kuiper? How does this affect me?" And more like, how does this affect the group dynamic
0: so but but his cover story was that he was what exactly uh, okay so, a
4: hospitality specialist from Versailles.
0: That's right, yeah, thank you.
2: Yes, a hospitality uh uh agent or a hospitality, yeah, um. He worked for the uh, the uh, the board of uh, tourism uh, industry, and uh, that was. It seemed like it was very appropriate considering that this was a hotel and had to do with you know uh, the kind of hotel service industry, and so it was kind of like, well, okay, yeah, I mean, this is a place where uh those in the know would go and visit and spend a lot of money, you know, this is something that seems pretty interesting. So Yeah, and especially with
6: it just reopening and
2: like checking it yeah, out. Exactly. Start. The grand reopening reopening. Yeah. <laughs> um so yeah, I think uh I it was something that I thought was a reasonable cover for for Kuiper. You know, I mean, you know, it's not like coming in and say, "Oh yeah, I'm I'm the new janitor,"
0: <laughs> yeah. right? Sure. Well, with those fancy duds, that wasn't going to be the case. No, fuck sure. no,
2: absolutely not. He's not going to be anywhere near that gala. <laughs>
0: <laughs> but then, in in one of the coolest like RP scenarios uh, we've ever had, I feel when we get the reveal of, of what Kuiper really is and what his real motivations are I mean we find out like he's he's this fucking bounty hunter. yeah right Yeah. like who's and and what is he trying to accomplish? So uh, he is
2: trying to dig up uh, what the fuck is going on with uh, Kaon Reese who Bro he only got just I mean all he got was just a slip of paper. From a dead contact um, that he managed to uh, fish out and he wanted to figure out what the hell that was all about and he was one of these people that you know that once he's got a lead he's got to go after it to the ends and that's you know that this is this is now his story you know it's become something that's like gone way bigger than he thought it did, mm-hmm. you know? And now he's just trying to get out with his life.
0: Right. Well, and I, again, I've got to commend you. The the use of the voice modulator and using two different voices on the character was absolutely fantastic. <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah.
2: That was a gamble, but I'm glad it paid off.
0: <laughs> well, yeah, it, it absolutely did. Like, it was such a cool surprise that none of us really expected, I don't think. <laughs> And I've got to say, I don't think Mike much cares for him, but Heath sure does.
3: Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. I, I like Hyper too, man. I think it's a great addition yeah. to the party.
1: I also like Hyper.
3: He's, he's he's been fun. He's been a fun color to paint with. You know what I mean? Like he adds a he oh, adds definitely. a whole different vibe. You know?
4: I'll tell you, he's a real cool <laughs> cat.
2: Yes, he is going to make me blush. <laughs> oh my god,
0: he's sort of a foil to a lot of our personalities, you know. Aaron, I think, is the closest, but like a, a lot of us, like that's not how we operate, you know. Mm-hmm. So it's really cool having him involved with the party. Yeah. All right. So again, awesome job with Kuiper. I love it. I can't wait to see Kuiper progress more. But let's move on. The next big chunk is the mine, dude. The dungeon? Yeah, one of my right? favorite dungeons of all mm-hmm. time. So, having found out about the mine under New Elysium from fake Gardenzio, <laughs> we pretty quickly set our sights on finding it, and we have uh, we find out a guest of New Elysium, Cassetha the Sheeran, turns up dead. So we go off-grid to fight some moths and their worm babies, which eventually leads us to the entrance of the mine, uh, which, as I said, turns out to be the big dungeon of book one. Uh And I thought this was a really interesting dungeon with some really cool fights uh what 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 do you guys think of the dungeon man like i the mine was so cool it's so unique and and it's that peeling away of the onion of like new Elysium's just the outer layer the mine's what's at the core you know
4: i I really appreciated the orienteering mechanics that they had in there Same. I thought that that was very it's so cool. much
3: better than slowly moving tokens through a hall. You know what I mean? Like it's such a cool way to like, okay, we're still active in the exploration part of the mine, but we're not just like clearing space on a map. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And we, we, there's a, there's cause and effect to how well we do on that, but it takes like five minutes and then we can get to the next room and deal with the room. I thought I, that's why it's my favorite dungeon is because it doesn't force you through a bunch of meaningless tunnels, you know, like, Right, so much better than moving five feet, checking for traps, moving five feet, checking for traps. Right. 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 It really
0: does get rid of that tedium, which Mm -hmm. I think is so cool, but it's still- but it still provides provides you with opportunities to do checks and rolls mm-hmm. and stuff and I think I've mentioned before that like I was also a really big fan of that system because it also kind of forces like everybody to get involved like Mike mm-hmm. is not your skill guy but Mike had to be rolling the engineering checks mm-hmm. because the other people that could do engineering had to be doing skills they were better at than engineering so I, I agree wholeheartedly that was such a cool mechanic I wish much many more dungeons would have mechanics like that instead of like Josh said, move five feet, check for traps. Move five mm-hmm, feet, check mm-hmm. for traps.
2: There was a wide variety of skills that were utilized in
3: it. Yeah, it's like four skill checks per, you know, in between each encounter and like, it mat- yes. that mattered. You know, you guys rolled pretty good. You guys did well on the orienteering um, which gave you the advantage in every fight. Like, you either come mm-hmm. in with an advantage or come in with a disadvantage based on how many of those you pass, you know, and... That's so cool. What Was it the... The big robot, we would have been yeah. blinded yeah. or something.
4: Yeah, that, that would have been, been, really been, been really bad. Really Good. bad yeah. right.
0: dude. I can't help but think. Immediately talking about this, my first thought is like a dwarf from Pathfinder First Edition would be so excited to mm-hmm. do this kind of dungeon. Like, I can use my stone cunning. <laughs> yeah, oh my god! Right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> let me just put my
2: hand on this stone. Oh, guy, there's a there's a guy over there.
0: There's a guy. Yeah.
2: It was <laughs> right.
0: Uh, well, but but it's one of those like niche uh, abilities or skills that that would get brought to the forefront in a situation like that. Right. Yeah.
4: And I I thought the encounters in the mine were all I was on board with everything. Except the ghosts. The ghosts threw me off a little bit. Like I get them. I well, get that they, was a trap,
1: right? That was my favorite because I was just getting it done. Well, you were, inv- yeah. <laughs> in, in you that were that the
0: fight. only
4: useful <laughs> yeah. entity there.
1: Yeah. <laughs> so, thanks.
0: Like finally
1: a fight
4: <laughs> specifically
1: tailored for me.
0: That's like Tom Brady saying, "I wasn't really worried about the regular season, but that Super Bowl was really cool." You <laughs> <know>? <laughs> <laughs> uh. Uh, uh, yeah. so so that brings me to my next point though I was gonna ask there there were several cool fights in this dungeon and the mining robot being a, a standout oh, the, yeah. the shadow baby at the end being a standout um and Adam and I already talked a little bit about the shadow baby which has a name that I've already forgotten Velstrak. yeah,
3: cantor, Velstrak. Velstrak, yeah. it's a Velstrack oh, is like a wow. type of creature and this was a cantor variation.
0: Right. Ah. So we already talked a little bit about the that and the unleashed spirit of Gardenzio, which was actually technically a mm-hmm. trap. Um, but the, you know that wasn't all the fights that were in the mine. But I was going to ask, what were your favorite fights in the mine?
1: Mining robot and the ghost.
2: Mining robot was my favorite for sure. I'm going to say mining robot.
4: Yeah, mining robot.
0: Was there was there a name other than mining? Yeah, robot? it's uh, mining robot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you, you must have missed the part where I said other oh, man. man. Get him. Oh, I figured I really it liked a about
3: it, it. Might, might count.
0: No, that's what it is. It's it was a mining robot. That's just it's just
3: mining robot.
2: What what was so interesting about the mining robot was the limitations that it uh, it hindered on the party. You know, um, with the various uh, reductions that were were put there, but. I've always been a an avid fan of the whole limitations birth creativity, you know? Mm-hmm. And oh, absolutely. I think we were able to, I mean, trying to establish what was effective versus what was not effective. And I remember, like, trying to think of, like, okay, well, let's look at, is there any, like, design flaws? Is there any kind of, like, uh, engineering checks or something, like, to, to, like, check the stability of the rocks, you know, the, yeah. the caverns, you know? Can we yeah. get this to where it's much more manageable?
0: Can yeah. I use my Dwarven Stone? Come
2: yeah. You want to know why this thing was even operating?
0: Yeah.
3: Uh, yeah, it's, it's, absolutely. It's, it's, been, it's been there for a while, right? Like, that's the.
1: Yeah. Right. decades. Decades.
3: Uh, so, you remember when you heard the door close on you? Like, when yeah. you yeah. came in the mine, right? Yeah. That was the Shadow Baby closed the door and tracked you through Some the bridge. entire dungeon. And then he got it then right, he got really? ahead of you while you guys were fighting um, the worm, and he turned mm-hmm. the machine on and mm. and, okay. and mm-hmm. was able to even reprogram it to attack carbon-based life forms. like he basically took off the he took yeah. off the clutch <laughs> you know that was keeping it from attacking anything but rock,
0: you know.
4: I'm so glad we punched that baby.
3: He
0: overrode uh, the like Isaac Asimov right, yeah. first rule of, yeah, of robotics yeah. or whatever.
4: Well,
1: i I also liked the Velstrak fight. Same. I, I enjoyed oh, it. it. It had a, a yeah. for me. It was fun and interesting trying to keep fell shit together. Mm-hmm. It was fun playing that for me. It was a lot of fun playing that.
4: And I was so appreciative of John's quick thinking with the aerosol Dude, spray paint I, that. I that was so, so fucking real. clever that was super clutch oh my
0: yeah. god that, that was super clever i was really proud of john and he he facilitated us being able to win that fight yeah. but it was funny i think i messaged john during the fight i was like this item is like it's a cool item but like on paizo's part it's like well spray paint would be so much more effective
2: <laughs> well <laughs> the whole thing about it that i lo- that the whole reason why i got it was actually for lasers. Right. Lasers, okay. Man. Laser traps yeah. or some shit like that. <laughs> and then I was cool. just like looking back over. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Yeah. He wanted he wanted yeah. to use
0: it and do the Catherine Zeta I mean, Jones. Yeah. It had, yeah. You know,
3: it had that strong invisibility, you know, like without that, it could have gotten really nasty. It could have. You know, and because I believe, let's see here. Yeah, it has. It, it acts as greater invisibility, which he can attack and not come invisible. You know,
4: mm-hmm. or
2: uninvisible, right?
4: Like a real dick. But
2: even even though I had the aerosol spray, it would not have been uh feasible to do it without the true sight ability that I have from the.
3: Yeah, you had to see where yeah. he was. You you were I able to see where he was and hit him without having to find him. You know, and that's that. Yeah.
0: Yeah, without it, you could just be spraying aerosol forever and missing every time. Just putting holes in the
4: ozone. Yeah,
6: I honestly think that whole thing was my favorite fight. Well,
3: and you pinned him down because I didn't want to step away and provoke an opportunity attack, you know? Right. So, like, you just had to stay there and get punched punched to death. To death. By break his baby arm, yeah, break his baby arm, his yeah. baby arm his or baby punch arm. his arm into
0: nothingness. I, <laughs> I whip a baby's ass, dude. I will, I'll wreck a baby, dude. I'm a giant vest. <laughs> Uh, but that said, well, the baby
1: tried to grow three sizes that day. <laughs> yep, and, uh, and got us. wrecked
4: on well, that as
0: well. This is the, the
3: mm-hmm. true horror of baby's day out. I think this is it. Yes, yeah, <laughs>
0: this is it. But that baby had a bad day out. Yep. He had several good days oh, out, and then he had a real bad day. you Right. are killing me. Well, oh, he had
4: God. a lot of lot of fun on his day out. Yeah. Now he's now baby's baby's well, One dead. thing
3: <laughs> to remember <laughs> is that he actually got away from that fight. You didn't kill him. Oh shit! He sure did. Ain't That's never right. gonna keep baby down.
2: Uh, he, he. Oh my
0: god! Okay. You don't put baby He's, in a corner. <laughs> yeah, I was about to say I put it.
2: Baby in a corner. <laughs> Move us <it's> along. <laughs> wow, there's just too many. No, <laughs> there's too many.
0: No, I'm not gonna do it. I'm <laughs> not gonna do it. Uh, no, I will say I, that was actually not my favorite fight. The, going back to the, the mining robot, that was my favorite fight. But I do think it's for for personal reasons. And ironically, that was the fight that I was the closest to like going down right like that was the most dangerous fight for mike but as much as like i like to stomp people in fights like i love close hard combats like Mm -hmm. that where you have every turn matters every thing that you do matters and again back to the point of um r and and mike bonding over the gardenzio experience this really like even more bonded them. And I think, I don't think there'll be anything that could happen that would make Aaron and Mike not be friends at this point because of the awesome mechanical interplay between Mike bodyguarding and, and, you know, giving us the space to get in and, uh, Aaron being able to heal him on the fly as he's about to go down. Like, that was such a cool, like, sometimes the mechanics, uh, a lot of people aren't like combat people. And I totally understand that. I am. And I am because those moments where combat dictates a narrative in such a way and like personal relationships in such a way elevates and makes you, makes you bond in real ways. And I mean, had
3: that moment in the, um, in the worms fight where, yeah. where she like yep. took the hit so she could blast everybody with healing, you know, and like w- was mm-hmm. able to use
0: her corruption. Right. She played like a vanguard. Yeah. <laughs> she's, she's <laughs> a corruption I mean. vanguard now.
4: Just gonna. We've
0: take been telling her to take, take a soldier in. level forever. She's gonna take a Vanguard dip instead. Just a <laughs> random
4: Vanguard yeah. dip. I decided.
0: With your what, <laughs> trash constitution? <laughs> yeah. yeah. I got a shield. <laughs> I got a shield. <laughs> I, could, I so, can convert
3: my corruption into moving energy now. So.
0: Pow. Yeah. <laughs> Ouch. Ouch. So, I mean, we also had the the trap, the Gardenzio spirit trap, or whatever, which I think was really frustrating for all of us not named Aaron. Exactly. Uh, yeah, yeah, there yeah, it is. Definitely. I had a great um,
1: time. I just want to say, I
5: bet
2: you did.
1: I really, really enjoyed the fight. Uh, it, my shoulders—ten
0: out of
2: ten—were
0: hurting uh-huh. from carrying the team uh-huh. mm. mm. Now you know backpack. how I feel almost all the time. <laughs> mm. Mm. Um. But no, I mean, I did think that was very cool, because that trap wasn't designed to be Gardenzio, because we created Mm. Gardenzio, right? It was very cool of Adam to flavor it in that way, and I think I mentioned on the last Tom Talks that I felt a little bit bad. I wish I could have interplayed a little bit more with the spirit of Gardenzio thing, but I also was kind of paralyzed by, like, I can't do anything mechanically, but also, well, what can I say to this spirit to, like, change it or or you know, right. really you just had to, you just had to like anything. endure
3: it, basically. You know,
0: yeah, yeah. Well, and that's that's yeah, torment, right, for Mike. You know, very appropriate. We had just, we we in that same experience, that same episode, we find the body of Cardinals, well, and Mike's yes, only flashback
3: right? this book or whatever was him torching you, right? That happened. in This book,
0: we had, we had, two, yeah, we had yeah. two Mike two. flashbacks. We had the waterboarding, and we had. Uh, Gardenzio saving him oh, which from had the was, like
3: right at the beginning of that fight. That's where sword dropped. Right,
0: it, yeah. it was it was the like uh oh what's it called the Greek uh the training that Greek kids go through. Um oh, Spartan kids fuck, go through. I him. can't remember what it's called. You know, you know what I'm talking about. Yeah, Hell in leak. the beginning of 300. Right. <laughs> Hell, like eight years. Um, but yeah, it was very much inspired by that. He was having to fight an older boy and was getting beaten up, and the older boy who was like an orc. Just, uh, you know, gave in to his bloodlust and tried to just completely drown Mike. And Gardenzio shot him in the head. You know, that's, Gardenzio's not a good man. (laughs) You know, but Gardenzio protected Mike again. I I have a quick question for you, Adam.
4: Well, flashback mine. The voice that, was it just Siva that was hearing it in the
3: mine or was it everybody? Everybody heard it at some point you know but you interacted okay. with it sometimes on your own
4: was that the same voice of the gray lady no. in ziva's dream no. flashback no. okay no. okay
3: the the voices that you heard in the cave are like vo- voices either of people that that died there in the mine so like lots of pirates and miners and stuff like that and scientists Dim ghosts. or or it was further phases of phantasms of your own psyche, of your own history, and in the things that disturb you, you know. So I'm sure that you heard several people from your past that's died among those voices, you know.
4: Gotcha. Yeah, okay. or here's
1: yeah. Evelyn. Yeah. Evelyn talks to him.
5: Yeah.
3: For sure. I mean, so the voices are just kind of this blend of people that died on the the rock and your own psychic energy, you know?
6: Yeah, so I, I don't want to spend too much time on this, but to go back to the Shadow Baby fight real quick, like what Heath was saying with Oren and Mike bonding closer during the uh, the mining robot fight, the whole thing with Fell being... Bamboozled by the shadow baby, and having Mike still hold him, you know, keep him from going off that ledge and heading towards the signal and trying to get away from the party or getting heading towards the relay rather, and then having Orin have his back, you know, his old his old pilot friend from mm-hmm. back in the day. Now, uh, that that was huge for Fell with character development or relationship building or solidifying with specifically those two characters.
1: Yeah. You know, I got you fam.
4: I got you fam.
6: <laughs> oh, I
1: know.
4: <laughs> fail, fam. No,
1: Yeah. I mean, on, on a, on a meta level, I, I really feel like this whole AP for, for me in particular, um, is going to revolve around or trying to keep everybody alive and, and sane, you know, and that's, going to be a challenge it's uh for sure but i think it's an interesting arc for my character it definitely
3: is and i mean i i see that for your character too zach we've talked about that a little bit but we've also one thing just to to add to that which we've also talked about is that while you're trying to protect the sanity of all of your compadres you're also going to have to be fighting for your own well-being too you know like you are not you are not uh excluded from the dangers of the corruption even though it hasn't fully sunk its teeth and you manifested
5: right. and hasn't manifested right. yet. Mani- yeah <laughs>
1: i've got it on my character sheet on hero lab it says that i have shadow corruption but it's just not just hasn't shown its face progressed enough for yeah. a manifestation yeah you're so just I, latent yeah uh, it's gonna happen eventually and it's gonna suck i'm sure <laughs> Oh, probably yeah. probably worse than anybody else has it, because that's how Adam rolls.
0: <laughs> uh, I don't know. I mean, that may just be your curmudgeonly nature coming up. It might it might not be that terrible. I mean, they're I, all bad. You
4: they're know, bad. I can say this for sure, Zach, Oren. You're not going to like it. <laughs> <laughs> you think?
0: That's my, it's my fault. I'm Which, shy. if nothing else, will be on brand. So, okay. So, we get through all these g- combats in the dungeon the the um mining robot fight harrowing the shadow baby fight harrowing in different ways uh, i loved the whole dynamic of like mike having fell by the belt mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. <laughs> She's like, oh no you don't um that was cute but we we get through all that and basically we get to the end of the dungeon and there is wh- what was it like a ske- was it a skeletal mm-hmm. hand is that Okay, I was like, "Am I misremembering that?" Uh, but that is where we think the signal is coming from, mm-hmm. right? And we find out that is not the case. That it's just been rerouted, and we find that out by destroying it. Yeah, we we like shoot up the skeletal hand, yeah. pretty much.
3: Just lined up and open fire you know, like a French execution squad or something. You know what I mean? Just... Yeah. <laughs>
0: Right. And Fel had been, I, I will say, we, we haven't talked at all about the fact that Fel had been for so long trying to hack into computers and stuff at New Elysium and find the source of this signal, right? And he finally got us there. And that's like part of the frustration is that we finally get there and it's like, oh no, this isn't it. Yep. Like we just did all these fights and this isn't even where we actually need yep. to go. But we had to get here to find out where the next step yeah. is. Yeah. Princess right? is in
2: another castle.
0: Yeah. yeah absolutely. The princess. Is in another cast. I mean,
3: that's true to an extent, but one thing that you did find is that that's where the thinny is for all you Stephen King fans, right? Like that's mm. that's mm-hmm. where the, mm-hmm.
0: the the thin spot between the planes.
3: Yeah, that's not not important, you know.
0: That's not not important. Can
4: <laughs> can you tell us what the hell that was? Not the not the rerouter, but the hand. That whole little oh, crater no, area. Like not, what the no, fuck was that? No. <laughs> i didn't know if we were past that okay
0: no definitely comment.
1: not no no i'm sorry keep, keep okay. going move on
0: neat so uh and and my memory is always fuzzy on this because i'm not a, a skilled person in this game so we find out that that's not where the signal is originating from but then do we how do we pick up that it's back at new Elite?
6: if i remember correctly we destroyed that relay and because of that, the signal was then broadcasting from its source. Right. Yeah, its yeah. Plane. So we tracked it on comm units through the app. the same way we've been tracking the the signal up until that point or tracking to the relay, once the relay was gone, the the beacon or the waypoint, I guess changed to the right. actual and it just source. like
0: updated on your on your yeah. equipment or whatever. Is this a computer? <laughs> well that's look, man, Mike and Mike and uh Heath are very dissimilar in many physical ways, but they're not that dissimilar in other ways. You know? <laughs> I'm not great with computers. The fact that I can do this podcast with you guys is a real trial. a real for challenge. For <laughs> <laughs> hey, I even edited Smooth. some of my own episodes. Get out of here. I'm learning, if nothing else, right? Uh so We head back to New Elysium proper to try and find the source of this signal yet again. But, while we've been away, things have sure gone sideways. So, I I had always had the concern that anyone we befriended in this campaign, and this is part of the, like, meta knowledge and the player knowledge thing, uh, like, going into a horror campaign, I always thought, like, all right, anybody that we like, well, that's going to be a knife to stab us in the back, right? That's just, uh, that's something I'm not trying to play on Mike, but as Heath, I I know. So that turned out to be true when the party is forced to fight and kill the Absalom Buzzards, <laughs>
4: and we did. We murdered them real good
0: we and did. stole we, their yeah, shit. I mean, we did. We we straight killed. Yeah, them. there were there was we there was
3: little hesitation, and uh, yeah. you know, I won't say I'm surprised because.
0: Ziva don't I, give I, a shit about but Well, well. <laughs> I, there was hesitation on Mike's part. I, to be fair, like he straight up called out to him several times, like "Hey, stop this! Yeah, stop but this, Stand but, there. But, Like, what are yeah, we doing?" Yeah, Mike really but did try. Didn't yep.
3: stop you from swinging. Is all I'm saying. You know, like,
0: <laughs> dude, get off my nuts! You want me to do this? <laughs> I'm just saying, like,
3: like I don't think it was the wrong choice at all. Like, I don't think you guys are like making uh,
0: immoral choices by doing what you did. I did not swing. <laughs> Until swung upon, yeah. quit
2: making me hit you.
4: I'll tell you who's even never swung on Phil. Phil. <laughs> yeah,
0: yep. Yeah. my baby boy. What I was gonna say is, man, that Buzzblades fight it really hurt me. Probably just as much as finding Philip corrupted and strung up in the same room. Chained up,
3: Emily. chained up, yeah, chained, chained up, yeah, up. and flayed some. Yeah, there's some there's some interesting things about that that we didn't get into. Um, just cause you guys didn't really mess with it much, but, uh, whenever somebody had a condition, right? So he had this ability that once per round, whenever somebody has a condition, he can remove one condition per round of confused, fascinated, fatigued, shaken, sickened, or staggered
5: bullshit that's um, what it is if you had
3: tried to free Philip while it raid while the battle happened it's pretty difficult uh, of course the Azloya immediately tries to stop you from approaching him by getting in the way but releasing him from the chains that restrain one of his limbs requires a full action and a successful DC-21 straight strength check not even athletics just like straight wow. strength uh, this must be done four times to completely free him whereupon he slumps to the ground and continues to inspire the buzzblades any attempt to deal damage to the chains damages Philip instead. However, he reacts to this pain as if it were pleasure. He and the chains have an AC of five and 25 hit points. Ooh. So, like, break it. If you like try to cut the chains off of him, you kill him.
2: Yeah. You'll kill him. Wow.
4: I mean, that's that that tracks.
0: Well, thankfully, that's... he's still alive. Yeah. Well. <laughs> he's just he's totally alive. <laughs> he just folded himself in like that ma- little, that immediately made me think and-
2: of like Rick Sanchez, where was just like Jerry, fold yourself 12 times. <laughs> <laughs> That's basically
3: what happened. He's like, like Shadow
4: <laughs> Little did we know he's just a self origami master. Oh my gosh. So, yeah, yeah. <laughs>
3: uh, yeah, you know, the Buzz Blades, it's, it's a thing that like. I wish there it's kind of the limitations of playing a tabletop role playing versus like setting this up as a movie is the impact of this them being fully corrupted is is not such a surprise, right? And like having to fight you, you easily get into like okay, well I knew this was coming we're we're in the mode of now we got to kill the buzzblades, but you know, I I wish that there had been like a little bit more like um uh, drama with it but i get why there wasn't because it was so clear by that point that like everything is fucked you know what i mean and if they if they're yeah. like showing those telltale signs of being fully corrupted they might as well be zombies you know you got to put them down you know and, you and did. we did
0: because we're good people, <laughs> good people. well <laughs> and well i do think you know at least there was the drama of like that was kind of a turning point with Mike. Cause Mike, we had, we haven't even mentioned it in this episode, uh, but we had had the combat with some of the guests and Mike had really snapped on everybody and been like, you just murdered these people. They didn't stand a chance against you and got really got mad at you. Called you all murderers. Mm-hmm. And this is, this fight makes Mike realize like there's no saving these people, you know, mm-hmm. like there's nothing we can do for them, especially since. The first thing that happened when we walked in the room, and I do think there's a lot of drama in this act, is that they fucking murdered the one doctor who Mike thought could have helped. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 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 That was the beginning of the fight. One of the two the people right. in the
3: whole resort that was never corrupted. And wow.
4: Vorlin was the other. Yep.
3: Oof. And we let both of them
6: die.
4: Well, I don't know that we necessarily could have right. not right. let them die.
0: Yeah, there's no... I mean, when it's presented to you as you walk in the room and she is murdered. Like, <laughs> I mean, yeah. what, what's the well, step in between right. that we take to stop it, <laughs> you know?
6: <laughs> I want to give props to Heath for the uh, that encounter uh, with the Reptoid and the... At that point, lesser corrupted people. Or they were corrupted, but, you know, the, the one... The encounter we that he know. mentioned before, we didn't know how far gone everything was, or mm-hmm. what have you. Props to you, dude, for for that whole spiel. It was absolutely excellent.
2: Yeah, you were kind of you were the, you were acting as the moral compass of the group, you know, and Kuiper like felt that that was like weak. Well, Sault, the
3: thing yeah. was, it you was know? it was a reflection of his corruption too, right? Like he's been trying to fight the fight. The cru- I think Mike really kind of subtly has been fighting the corruption a lot by, like, trying to take the, the like, more diplomatic route. You know, he did with the doctor. He's like, no, we're not going to intimidate. He's the one that calmed down Orin on intimidating the doctor. Like, he was really fighting it, and that all bubbled up in that moment and, and spilled out as, like, a full. He intimidated his own crew. That's yeah. the corruption of it, right? like he was doing it for good reasons, but like that 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 manifestation didn't fully spill out until it was turned on his own people, you know what I mean like yeah right yeah. well and
0: I think that's a really interesting way for that to that thread to unspool, you know, because just in terms of my gameplay experience in this whole thing and my manifestation the whole intimidation thing, I will say like. I found it very difficult sometimes to find ways to do it because your boy Oren was so opposed to everything we were doing and ever coming to this place and so suspicious of everyone <laughs> that he was really doing a lot of intimidating early on. And like, it's kind of like we talked about earlier, like, I don't, I don't want to push something so far that like, it makes the group uncomfortable or the listeners uncomfortable. So I didn't want to like double down and like, you intimidated, so I'm going to intimidate harder, Back you know? Up. Horrible cop. So, like, <laughs> right. yeah, I mean, it, it kind of pushed me in a position of, like, ironically, though, my manifestation is intimidation-based because Aaron's kind of beaten me to the punch because he just, like, so fervently disapproves of, like, everything that's going on here that for a while he had to hold that manifestation back, like Adam said, and kind of be the good t- good cop to Aaron's bad cop until it did kind of explode over something that we did, not what others did.
6: Mm-hmm. But yeah, for you as a player, extremely well played, well role played, like a just just hats off to you, bud.
0: Thanks. Mm. I, I'm glad yeah. you're saying that because I felt like I hurt your feelings worse than <laughs> your <hurt anyone>. <laughs> feelings. Mike hurt those <laughs> feelings. I was loving it.
6: Hmm. That's that type of encounter or that type of situation is why I play these games.
0: Sure. Yeah. Well, I'm glad you liked it so much. And I do think it was like a big deal, but it also put some hypocrisy on the guilt plate that Mike already has. Cause once we killed the buzz, it's oh, sure. like, yep. you know, he has to apologize. Like, I'm, I'm sorry. Like, you know, now I see that, that this was, there was nothing to be done. And, and I just like, you know, kind of alienated myself from the whole party by, by taking, trying to take this high road. And then I do the exact same thing,
3: you know, or it's just like, there. So <laughs> vindicated,
0: like bro. Orin and Ziva <laughs> so just kind of like nod at each other, like, mm-hmm. yeah. Well, it's a real good thing that Orin and Mike have bonded right, so right. much recently, right? <laughs> it's been it's been an interesting
3: development throughout the whole thing, that's for sure. Like, and that's really what you want Horror to do in this particular case, anyway, is to like really shake up the party dynamics, but also make them, you know. I think Zach, you mentioned it earlier that shared trauma really. Mm-hmm test the the boundaries of a relationship, but if you get through it, then it's like bonds it even further, you know?
1: Yeah, absolutely.
0: Well, that's that. And I'm I'm sorry to like take any more time, but that reminds me of something that ironically I, I heard from uh, Colin Coward, who's like one of my favorite sports commentators, but I've, I've really appreciated this since I've ever heard it. He said, I'm a person who really likes in the long run, to have uncomfortable conversations because everybody in the world tries to just avoid uncomfortable conversations because they make them uncomfortable. But when you have one, you you go ahead and rip that bandaid off and you you get to the heart of what this problem is. And then you inevitably always bond harder than you had before. You know, yeah, like, absolutely. I, I just love that sentiment. Like that. That's kind of the, the person that I am, too. Like, I'd rather address an issue head on. Let's go ahead and get the ugliness out of the way. So we'll be better friends later. You know, well, put. Yep. So after killing the entire starting squad of Mike's dad's favorite Brutaris <laughs> team, uh, Phil does some hacking as he do, yeah. uh, which leads us to the bombshell discovery that this whole thing was planned. This whole thing was like an experiment of sorts. The stewards were never coming to save New Elysium. Rather, this was a testing ground, a petri dish for this corruption. And the next step in this vast conspiracy is to use another social media app on Verses to unleash the corruptions on Kuvakara. Mm-hmm. I'm saying that right, right? Yeah. On Kuvakara, one of the biggest cities on the planet, which is Fel's home planet. Yep. I mean, that's a huge. Plot development, I feel like. Oh, yeah. That, that I, I don't feel like we had, uh, because so much other shit was going on, like, we didn't have time to really, like, dive that far into, but that's a huge deal. Like, this is a horribly traumatic thing that we're going through right now, and this is a drop in a pond compared to what the entirety of Kuvakara and potentially Verses being corrupted would be. And so insidious, I know we touched
6: on this before, but so insidious being shared through a social media application... Mm. Like that's just just so. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I hope I hope uh, Zuckerberg never listens. to I hope this. he does. <laughs> I don't know. I don't want him to
1: get any ideas. <laughs>
3: I still hope he does. He's past the point yeah, yeah, of being. I still redeemed. hope he does. <laughs> right. If Zuckerberg likes it, he's going to get us out there. That's for sure. So you know. <laughs> I mean. Right.
6: Good point. <laughs> that's a good idea. I need to take notes. Oh, man. Yeah.
0: <laughs> But, yeah, I mean, this to me, this plot twist was just huge. Uh, I mean, both in the scope of the evil of this plan, and and also, personally, because I've been complaining forever about wanting to go to more Pact Worlds planets. Like, I'm so yeah. excited to go to Versys, to go to anywhere in the Pact Worlds mm-hmm. that's not Absalom yeah. Station. Yeah. Yeah. Pack your right? bag, or boy! Or... <laughs> yep. So, I mean, uh, are you guys excited to go to Versys? So well, much. You know, what what... You know, we touched on it a little bit already, but like, what are you? What are your thoughts on this humongous plan to corrupt this? I mean, I'm thinking it's like a New yeah, York, right? right. It's um, a massive city.
2: I did a little bit of research on Verses itself, and this was in preparation for Kuiper's cover. Okay, um, just in case for whatever reason that maybe like Fail knew so much about like Verses or something like that. You know, I wanted to be able to like tit for tat on that. But I'm personally, this is just my hot take on it. This is going to probably happen. I'm, And you said Kuvakara. I can't help but think it has something to do with maybe the River of Returning Joys. So River of Returning Joys, just real quick. It's just a massive caravan that travels the circumference of Verses, Okay. Uh, along the rink. Because it's a planet that has... Uh, one side is tundra and one side is, is desert. Yeah. It's and tidally locked. Yeah. And it's tidally locked. Yeah. And so uh, I, t-
0: I talked about this in my, uh, where to go on <laughs> your <laughs> packed worlds vacation. Uh, interest. Uh-huh.
2: Exactly. And so it's got this whole magically augmented circus, uh, that p- does performances and mind bending illusions and it travels along as long as it's been known, you know, so it's something that. I'd imagine a lot of people around.
3: Well, John just broke Re- the code. Caravan
2: extinction curse in
3: space. That was the big. That in was the space. Big, that was the big reveal.
0: <laughs> 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 oh yeah, because it's traveling yeah. caravans. Thanks, and stuff. John.
3: Yeah. Do-
1: classic STF yeah, pivot, yeah. dude. We're, yep. yeah, <laughs> yeah. we're coming yeah, pivot. for you, ben Max. That's an AP do- plan pivot. We're
0: coming M- for you. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, we're, we're not, not at all, don't We're, we're, not, know, we're not. not. We would never call ourselves a rules podcast. <laughs> no. We shouldn't. Uh, so, we, yeah, we definitely shouldn't, even if we wanted to. So, we discover where the signal of screams is leading us next. But at this point, we're by no means out of the woods. The corruption has become rampant. It's spread all over New Elysium, as we've seen with the Buzzblades. Uh, and we can only assume that everyone else here is already corrupted. Literally everyone. Uh, and we've still got to get to the Epic Tracer and escape this resort to be able to even get to Verses. So on the way, we run into our good buddy, Kane Zaffle, which begins one of the coolest fights I could have hoped for with him. Uh, I don't know how you guys feel about it, but the Kane fight and the escape from the hordes of corrupted guests was just intense. Mm-hmm.
1: Extremely intense. Yes. yes.
5: Very much so. A lot That's of fun. A whole a lot, lot of, of, fun. of pressure on our party.
0: It's, it's funny too, cause like, you know, a part of doing the podcast thing digitally, like we do is like, we're messaging each other behind the scenes a little bit, you know, trying not to metagame too much, but like to plan and talk about like, what do we think? And as much as like Mike rounded that corner and saw Kane and got the big grin on his face, like I had, I had messaged the party. Uh, they were talking about. Like, we, somebody had said something along the lines: "If we need to just just scoot, just run, even if we see him." And I was like, "I am killing Cain <laughs> Zaffel." Yeah, I think that was me saying it's like, like clock, you know,
6: running clock. is an
3: option. Yeah. Like
4: we, we should just, just go. Run. Like yeah, but we got to stop if we see you that. Did, bitch. You <laughs>
3: did stop and fight him, and you got you handled Kane pretty pretty well. I thought, you know, I fucked Cain yeah. Zaffel up, dude. <laughs> uh but.
0: Well, and it was it was such a cool fight, though, because, like, there was the element of, like, all the melee people were specifically using swords. They're, everybody was jump-jetting yeah, was around, like- <laughs> you know? It was, like, a very vertical fight. And then as the fight went on, we'd get three or four more corrupted guests coming out and coming out until it turned into, like, a, a zombie-style fight. And if it wasn't for the quick thinking of uh, Kuiper... Uh, coupled with the actions of of Mike, like, we wouldn't have gotten everyone away and, and gotten them out of the danger of this right. horde, right? I mean, uh, Mike had to use his in- Intimidate once again to kind of yell at the captain and be like, get the fuck out of here. Like, what are you doing? Leave. Yeah. Like, even if I've got to die for it, leave. And kipe like you said, Kuyper
6: coming in clutch with another super appropriate item. Yeah.
2: Yeah, yeah. Well, he's, a, he's a, a tech guy. Yeah. I mean, not, not tech guy, a, a gearhead, you know, he's a gadget. So, mm-hmm. He's yeah, like, gadget fucking yeah. well, gadget. Yeah. Yeah.
0: But it was like a seed. It was like a druid. <laughs> like John thing, right? is just like,
3: um, all right. I'm like, John, it's your turn. He's like, okay. Uh, well, I have cover seed and all of us are like, What the fuck is that even? You know? (laughs) He's like, oh, it's just the perfect thing that we need right now that I just have in my pocket. I'm just going to chew it up real quick and spit it out. And I'm going to create a hedge between us and the zombies. And we're just going to go. How's that sound?
0: Boom. (laughs) There you go.
4: In my head, I'm like, you mean like a bush? Like a head, like
0: a bush. Like, I don't think that's going (laughs) to stop them. But it did. What's funny is the behind the scenes kind of thing. I was messaging with John because he had the, the seed, and I was like, you know, we've got to get everybody out of here, but me and you are going to have to be the back line to like, do something to stop this wave, right? And I had already had a few beers in the episode because it was very intense, <clears throat> and I, I even messaged... John, I was like, you motherfucker, you playing this the whole time? Because I was convinced that John was going to sacrifice Kuiper and have him die for <laughs> oh the entire God. party yeah. and was just going to make another new character. And so like, you can't keep doing this, dude. You can't keep fucking doing this. <laughs> Oh, Oh, John would be
3: so mad at me if I killed Kuiper in this book, dude.
2: Uh, Yeah, I would.
3: I would mad if I.
0: But I just don't trust y'all anymore. I was like, you guys have been working behind the scenes. You're planning on killing Kuiper so you can bring in like a fucking Shimmering Vanguard.
2: (laughs) No, no, no. I'm just gonna bring in a a vesk by the name of Tungsten Mitchell.
3: (laughs) uh,
5: Oh my God, Tungsten (laughs) Mitchell.
0: I lo- I do love that our community ke- keeps making the joke that like because of titanium Mike now they just associate Vesk with, with having a yeah. ma- well, metallic Iron nickname Ed. and a and a regular like white yeah. dude name you know mm. <laughs> like bronze Chad copper Don. You copper, know? Don. copper Don. That's,
1: that's my next character is copper Don for <laughs> sure. <laughs>
6: It was like Nickel Dave or something Nickel like Dave, that. Uh. Nickel Dave. Nickel
0: <laughs> 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 Dave. If the next time I get the chance to do like a one shot as a player, I'll make Copper Don. <laughs> no. Oh man! All right. Well, what's next? I mean, that's about it, man. Now we we finally got through that fight. We got onto the ship, and where we're at now is our plan is to go to Verses and try to stop this. Well, there was another starship
2: combat. Yeah. Well, also, there's only one starship. Mine got fucking left behind because of bullshit shenanigans <laughs> that Adam decided to play.
1: Man, you're on you're on the epic tracer now, bro. Don't worry about it. I promise
6: you,
2: the tracer is much nicer than your ship was. Yeah, that it's was my way baby. Nicer. Okay, uh, it's named the Casador.
4: Well, I think you should understand.
0: We kill babies.
2: Uh, Okay. We we
0: punch babies. We didn't kill any babies. You know what? That's true.
2: (laughs) Yeah. Baby got out of a corner, you know? Baby
1: got back. Probably the Shadow plane. (laughs) Yeah.
2: Yeah,
0: Yeah. I would imagine. But no, like to speak to... Kyper kind of uh, missing out on the opportunity to get to his ship for one. Like, did you really think Adam was going to let the party have two ships? That's not going to work.
2: No, absolutely not. But
0: also, yeah. I do think it was very cool. Like, you know, I've talked a lot about Mike and Aaron bonding through the combats and through the the experiences that they've had. And Mike was incredibly antagonistic to Kuiper and outright hated him. Just did not like him. Which which really was tied into. The Apollo Protection Agency was a protection agency. It, it safeguarded people from bounty hunters. <laughs> bounty hunters, from people like you. Like you are his mm, from slavers, not bounty hunters. There are different kind different people there, okay? They, did the Apollo Protection Agency was not founded about slavers. It was about getting people to court. Right.
2: Yeah. To get to yeah, a that's safe right. court yeah. date.
0: Yeah. And you know who stops people from doing that? Assassins and bounty hunters. Mm. That's it. So they really are diametrically opposed, but I will say in that moment of you realizing your ship wasn't a- available, it was trashed or whatever, uh, or what what was it? The the oil Didn't or the fuel. fuel line was Yeah, cut, yeah the yeah. fuel right? line was disconnected. <laughs> so the I think there was a bonding moment in that combat, there really was, of like Mike being the last one with Kuiper and you two being the guys to hold back this swarm and save the party. You You together... You know, made it to where the party could get away and get to the ship and and safely get through this combat and through Mm -hmm. this entire book. Mm -hmm. So they really have bonded in a way. Now, how that will express itself is to be seen. I think they'll always be a little antagonistic. Probably
2: so. I'm a cat. I'm just going to show affection one time, then I'm just going to like bite your finger. Yeah, (laughs) he'll come like bunt me in my sleep once. You know, just ignore him.
0: He'll love you. Yeah. But I mean, I do think that bonding led to like Mike. You know, there's a cool little quick scene where, like, you come back to the ship and Mike's like, "Oh, you you coming with?" And it's fine, like, it's okay. I, I think that's the first step to Mike accepting Kuiper into the APA kind of thing. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. now whether or not Kuiper wants to be in the APA is yet to be seen. Has yet to be seen. All right, uh, pretty well, good rundown. Yeah, got got through all that. That's of it. that's what yeah. I've got. I think we covered most of everything we needed to. I know we still got listener questions, so we'll try and be quick about those. Yeah, cool. uh, we do have. Some good
3: listener questions. I I, uh, I do want to try to keep your your responses short, yeah, short if you can, yeah. okay? Because we are running long here. Uh, but we're going to just go ahead and start with the bipolar trifecta, just to, to get that <laughs> in there, you know?
0: When is he going to become the tripolar pop-tart? <laughs> it's always three uh, questions. Gotta okay,
3: evolve. so first question is, has this campaign... Had any uh, adverse effects to you personally in real life yet? Like, are you wary of real babies now? Will you ever look at shrimp the same <laughs> way again? Uh, but like, to, no, to the to the core of it, did it? Were there ever parts as we were recording it that shook you outside the game? I don't think we ever got to anything that was that. Yeah. Nah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 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 Nah. I had shrimp mm-hmm. for dinner the other yeah. night.
0: Yeah.
1: It was delicious.
0: <laughs> yeah. I'm so far removed from being a giant. Reptilian <laughs> heroic adventurer that, like, none of this seems like real mm. to me,
6: yeah, in any way I'm ext- whatsoever. Extremely removed from being a uh, yeah. you know, a, a starship mechanic who from is being into a, engineering yeah. stuff and computer yeah, yeah. And stuff. <laughs> yeah, I don't, it's uh, nothing
2: it at all like <laughs> you at all.
3: No, nope. not, even, not even a little.
2: Yeah, I don't think I'm gonna have PTSD from babies. Uh, mm. All right, next all right, question. Well, next question.
3: All right, uh, so do you think? Any of your corruptions will have lasting effects for your character once Signal Screens is over. 100%.
0: Hell, yes. Yeah, yeah. I don't. I don't think you can go through this kind of thing and not have it affect you for the rest mm. of your life. That's what I'm excited mm. about. Now, mechanically, <laughs> I don't know, but I mean, I think uh, on a personal level, each one of us will have to deal with, uh, per, you know, personality-based uh, trauma-based, yeah. mm-hmm. you know, remnants of this for forever. Sure. Remains to be determined yes. for Kuiper. Um. And,
3: yep. Then this is the final of Bipolars. Uh, directed it to me. What has been your most satisfying NPC kill since you can't seem to get your players? Uh, <laughs> I thought the most fun I had with one of the scripted kills was Tox kill.
0: Yeah, yeah I thought
3: that was thought that yeah. one was fun to just oh shit you know yeah. like the first time we like <laughs> saw somebody like really get.
1: Fucking warned him, too, dude. Fucking warned that little bastard. Dude, he
3: was safer with
2: us. Uh, So so to follow Mm -hmm.
3: that up, Commodore comes swinging in with, uh, related to the players, do you get nervous when we
2: mock Adam for his murder impotence? Not at all. Yes. All I can Never. say yes. is yes. count the episodes. I've been taunting him this whole time. So.
5: <laughs> well, I mean, you know. It,
1: You're I, the I only one nervous. that's lost a character, too. But, yeah,
2: if, I do.
1: I worry that all of all of the taunting is going to make you try to do something more extreme, mm-hmm. more ridiculous, as opposed to focusing on the... And I, I, but, you know, honestly, I think that you do put the story first, but I, w- I do worry about the outside pressure because <laughs> this—it's not about how many characters you can kill, dear listeners. That's not what this is about. That's not never what, been what this story is about. Uh, we're trying to tell a story. Don't Man. add us,
0: Min Max. <laughs>
4: don't, add us, yeah.
1: don't add us. Don't add us. Don't add us. <laughs>
4: You're going to miss me on that shit.
2: No cap. I mean, this is all about all right. the journey. You don't want the journey cut short, right? Come on. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I,
0: I, I personally lame. hope that the outside influences do affect him. Uh, that way, when he doesn't kill me, I come out feeling more vindicated. <laughs> <from that. laughs> yeah, exactly.
4: That's the thing, though. He's not going to kill Mike. He's going to kill somebody else. Well, and so so. Here's the other
0: thing,
6: though. Like, I'm That's not cool. concerned about it because <laughs> Fel is secretly extremely tanky self-healing can restore stamina has a shield like
0: oh, i thought you were joking no like dead serious no he's super key. tanky his
2: kak and eac come on they're yeah. like he's yeah. he's tough yeah. he's like 28 or something like that
4: meanwhile zeve is up front with like a
2: fucking <laughs> yeah i mean <laughs> you're
0: tanky but you're so decidedly no, ranked. exactly so good luck killing right. me uh good point <laughs> good point can't get killed if i never get near the enemies
3: what it comes down to is i'm not gonna ever kill a player unfairly you know what i mean like i'll go for Mm -hmm. it i'm not holding back at all but Mm -hmm. like i'm never gonna do it cheaply i'm never gonna throw something that that's impossible for them to beat and be like oh i got you you know like that's not that's not what it's about for me as a gm like i want to make every challenge that they fight as hard as it can be within the context of mm-hmm. that fight you know
2: yeah so yeah let the dice roll where they right. may and if the player makes a shitty mistake that costs them their life well don't make it right. again
3: all right next question yeah. uh this one comes from hot rats uh for the players how fucked did you think you were during that mining robot fight
0: I always have faith, man. I can get through it, but I really, I really thought it was awesome the way that Zach and I mm. worked together because I think we were at the most in the most danger in that fight. Yeah, agreed. I, th- I think
4: that we were okay, but later finding out that about like the orienteering thing, if if I think if we would have been blinded, we would have been mm. fucked. Yeah, the yeah, initial yeah, turn. Uh, I, I think that would have been yeah. a complete yeah. game changer.
3: All right. Next question from Porter Paladin. Based on your experiences thus far, what kind of enemies do you think the crew is most likely to struggle with or potentially be defeated by? Um, Do you all discuss character builds or gear to try and address these party weaknesses as you realize them?
4: That's two questions. I think (laughs) our biggest concern moving forward is going to be mental manipulation, Mm. specifically towards Michael, mm. um, mm. I think he's going to get turned on us. I think that that reptoid fight was a precursor of what's going to happen in the future, and Mike's going to kill somebody.
0: I've been I've been the most concerned about that, considering I play Michael, mm. but I also I keep bringing this up, so maybe you'll remember it, like. I feel like everyone has this impression that I have like a negative one will. Like Mike has like a plus seven will. Like he's not terrible at it. He has a pretty decent will score to be a soldier.
4: It's not that I'm concerned about your will so much. I'm just concerned about if it gets through. Oh yeah, Mm -hmm. then you're fucked. Yeah, it's gonna be. It's gonna be a bad day.
0: That's my
2: biggest yeah, fear. Kuiper's I mean, going invisible, so
0: yeah, <laughs> yeah. K- Kuiper will be fine. Uh, <laughs> Arin, has Ar- got enough tricks to get away. Fel stays away always. Like if anybody's getting killed by a controlled, oh
2: dear, yeah. right? It's gonna be Ziva, Ziva. Yeah. right?
0: And I will say, if if Mike ends up getting brain controlled and kills Ziva, like that'll be absolutely devastating. Oh yeah, it'll be a good story,
3: but it'd be so just just. Mm, for
0: story Oh, it'll be it'll be chef's kiss uh, a, yeah. after some time.
3: We can't even talk about that. We got to move forward here. Mm, um, <laughs> so the gear thing, yeah. Though. Well, like, yeah. As you guys level up, I guess the question here is: Do you talk as a group to level up to shore up any party weaknesses? No, no I don't. No. no, we
1: we all go into our corners and 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 figure out what, what right, we want. Right.
0: Yeah. Well, with Mike, I have four levels ahead planned at any point, and I don't care. That's right, what I'm right. doing.
6: Yeah, with, with Fel, I try to, to push it based off of his, his levels are not planned out, and they're done based off of yep. what's happened to him since Same. the last time he leveled and where he would have grown in that way. Even though it may not mechanically be the best for the character, it's what fits
3: is what I go yeah. for. All right, yeah. next question. Next this question. This is from... Alex,
1: Alex, hello.
3: If you guys were going to give Book One of Signal a Screen a rating out of ten, what would you give it? Additionally,
0: so so a rating out of fifty-five.
3: <laughs> additionally, what is something in the book that surprised you in a good way, and what is something you weren't fans of or wished was different? And not just "uh, I wish I wasn't corrupted," nerd. <laughs> Uh, but genuinely, what do you think? Where do you think this book fell flat? I'm going to go person by person on this, so we don't have to talk over. I want to start with you, Emily. Rating first, one to ten. Nine point five. Right? All right. So, what surprised you about the book in a good way?
4: Uh, the use of the app.
3: What do you were you not a fan of or wish happened differently? Specifically Oof. with the book, you know, I guess or the.
4: Ooh, I don't okay. know. Pass. It's okay. Sorry, John. <laughs>
3: One out of 10.
2: One to 10. I'd have to give it a 10.
3: Wow. Top marks. Yeah. All right. So what was it, you know, what was the thing that gave you, made, pushed it to the top mark?
2: Uh, So uh, as uh, Emily said, uh, the use of the app um, also uh, just how expansive this was and just, and also uh, I would say, it wasn't just like, yeah, sure, everybody has to buy into the Dread, but also the Dread that was already written into the module, I think it was actually very good. It was very well written. Okay. What didn't you like about it? Uh, pass.
3: Um, Zach, let's go to you. Maybe we'll get some different okay. answers here. One out of ten. One to mm-hmm. ten. Uh, 7.5. What surprised you in a good way?
1: Uh, the Seamlessness of transporting around the dungeon. Nice. I really enjoyed that, yeah. What
3: weren't you a fan of?
1: The entire first 10 days, yeah.
3: That's you think that's where the book fell flat or
1: definitely. Yeah. For me personally yeah. as a player, yes.
3: Heath, 1 to 10.
0: 48 out of 55.
3: So uh, so a B. Yeah. Right. 87. What surprised you in a good way?
0: i really liked the mechanics of the mine and the way that you moved around the mine uh I also really liked the the keys of Elysium app
3: cool what fell flat for you
0: uh not being able to have any way to save any of the corrupted guests
3: heard that that's i think that's a fair and good answer uh Josh to you 1 to ten uh I was going to jokingly say 8.7 because
6: that equals out to 40 uh, 48 out of 55. But realistically, probably about an eight okay what what surprised you God biggest surprise um the fell's corruption the uh the or rather his uh phantasm. phantasm yeah, yeah, like that whole sequence was just like what to me and then <laughs> as well as probably equally rated the freaking out about his own party members near the end
3: of it with a shadow baby fight oh nice yeah. All right. And where did it fall flat for you? Uh,
6: kind of fell flat with, I, I don't know. I wanted more interaction of things, more playing out of the downtime activities at the beginning of the book. More of like, instead of just you're here doing this thing, actually role play doing the thing for a bit, you know, or a little bit more depth well, to those.
3: Did we? I mean, we pretty much did that, though, right? I wanted time in the arcade, man. Oh, okay. So, <laughs> so it, it wasn't so much what we did, but the lack, of the lack of the scene. It yeah. was more of a timing thing. Well, I, I will say there was. Uh, I wanted to do a whole thing in the um, in the theater with the. Mm-hmm. Uh, burlesque Burlesque Yeah and I was gonna yeah. do like A, a whole theater wide phantasm Where shit got like Really fucked up on stage You know yeah. Oh man Uh But I just I just Couldn't find a place for <laughs> where, it Where and a
0: burlesque it, dancer Folded herself 12 <laughs> times <laughs> Yeah <laughs> But no uh,
3: Realistically my take
6: on it Is probably the polar opposite of Zach's. I yeah. loved the role play stuff At the beginning The mine was One of the better dungeons That I've played through But that's not why I play these games mm. Right
3: Right uh, I'll say for me, the thing that surprised me is how much fun I had doing all the NPCs because I was really kind of dreading it a little bit. And, uh, what, what fell flat was I kind of su- surprisingly similar to what Zach was saying is that there's expected for you to, to have these phantasms for 10 days and not do anything about it. Really, like not like be more agitated than the book expected you to be, you know, still expected you to be hanging out, still trying to have a vacation on day 10 mm-hmm. when on the second night you see the shadow, baby, you know, like like mm-hmm. I wonder maybe that would play
6: out differently if you were just to roll up brand new characters for the AP as opposed to having a pre existing group like we do. Yeah, I definitely think that that's the case. that's especially gives with you who the we space. work for or who we are. Yeah, right. Right. Well,
0: yeah, well, and, and you guys, if you made new characters, you wouldn't have the relationships that you already do. So you might not confide in each other
6: as like quickly. You, yeah. Like we <laughs> might do. be more likely uh, yeah. to just like, okay, let's play it off. I don't want to be, you know, the weird guy in front of these new people.
3: Yeah. Well, that's all I got for the listener questions, guys. You did a good job there on that last one. And I like that question, Alex. That's why I saved it for last, but that's all I got, Heath.
0: Nice. Well, I was gonna ask you, uh, or maybe Emily, I guess. Like, is there anything, uh, kind of on the business side of, of STF that we need to address or or announce or anything like that before we get out of here? No. no, we're good. Yeah. Yep. Alrighty. Well, hey, I know it was a long one, but that's how book wrap ups go. <laughs> I'm not. I'm not mad about it. It was some great conversations. Mm-hmm. I learned some things about the AP. Mm-hmm. I think we all did. So. Thank you all, my good good friends, for being at this Tom Talks, and it's going to be really exciting moving forward. Going to Verses,
3: absolutely. I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, Yeah. for sure. sure.
0: All right. Well, there's only one thing left, and that's a big old. We'll see. see We'll We'll see. see Hey, we'll see (laughs) you.